0: A show for the Monero community, where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, boating accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now.
1: All righty. Good morning. All right. Good morning. Cheers to you. I know you don't drink coffee, but I'm going to take a sip of mine. I want to
2: cheers anyway.
1: How about tea? You drink tea?
2: Nope. Uh, just yeah. water, basically. <laughs> simple men. <simple man. laughs>
1: you you you're very stoic man you're yeah this it's good it's good quality
2: oh and sometimes uh, sparkling water there you go
1: sparkling water okay you mix it up a little bit yeah uh anything we should mention oh yeah i heard you and Sunita talking about it. i guess we we should mention that the the health ranger episode
2: yeah that's
1: on youtube crazy like insta band we got an, it was uh labeled as yeah misinformation
2: misinformation yeah, but it was like super fast after you uploaded it, right? So it's like pretty automated. Is what I was guessing.
1: Yeah, I think it was live on YouTube for a little bit, but yeah, it was it was pretty fast. I mean, the Health Ranger guy apparently has been banned. I
2: think from- he's in the bad graces of YouTube.
1: Yes, I guess I guess it was like, you know the algorithms picked up on it right away. Health Ranger. Yeah. And uh, I don't I don't know if it like actually had to do with the content or if it was somebody that watched our watched our video and then like reported it who knows
2: Ah, i i bet it i bet it was just automated they have these they have it they all have all the stuff so like most people when their video gets shot it's not even like somebody going out of the way they do it they've set it up so that if it's got these specific keywords or like if you know their their server list you know Capturing the words from the video. Here's something specifically. You know, it's super. It's pretty dystopian. Um, yeah, I mean, so, it's
1: crazy too because it's like I forget. I gotta re- go back and look at it. But yeah, the first one I guess is a warning. Um, and then like if it happens again, I think they take the channel down for like two weeks.
2: Oh, so you have a warning on the channel right now?
1: Yeah, I believe so. Oh, wow, I think we can contest it, but
2: I don't know if you, you want will... me to get on that. Manero Talk channel archiving real fast.
1: What's need to say what one warning? Yeah, yeah. You're banned for one week. You can't first strike, but we didn't get the strike yet. No, 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 no. Right now, we just have a warning. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, which not gonna. What I'm surprised this hasn't happened to us earlier. I mean, uh, we've gotten this far. We have a lot of content out there. But yeah, I'm surprised yeah, it was that true. the health ranger thing that really put us over the edge. I mean, it was nothing we've never we've never said on the show before.
2: I mean, it's probably because his name was in the title. I imagine.
1: So dystopian, though, like you're saying, right? Like you can't even have a conversation with somebody about a topic.
2: Yeah. It's just uh, really insane. That covers it's
1: information insane. that goes against, uh, you know, what the tyrannical
2: being. That
1: sees as the truth, right? Like, like yeah. Uh, yeah. Totally 1984 type stuff. So that happened. Uh, luckily, we've always put our video, well, not always. For the last couple of years, we've always put our videos on um, Odyssey, Library so god forbid anything ultimately does happen all our videos are there including this one so anybody that wants to go watch it can go watch it there we recently started adding the videos to rumble as well um but yeah odyssey is is a good good option i think i think our entire archive is there we've been doing it for years and it's just auto anything we post
2: you um, have um a place where you're archiving the videos and um audio yourself
1: we do we do uh i mean well sunita just you know we just keep a hard copy, you know, we just keep That's a, good. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I think we're still doing that. I'm sure we are. It's pretty good with that stuff. So yeah, God forbid worse comes to worse. We've, we got our, the Monero hey, talk. You got a uh,
2: following already. So there's always options and people are, would be willing to, to move to other platforms just to watch instead of YouTube. I think, I think most people watching probably hate YouTube anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean the the reason, but you know, it's good to be out there, right? We want to bring in the noobs. We want to find that. We want to find those people that don't know about us. Yet. So it's like you only kind of shoot you shoot yourself in the foot by being like, ah, "Fuck YouTube! I don't want to be a part of it." Um, I think I think you got to be out there. Yes, you're helping propel YouTube, but you're you're also allowing people to to find you. These you know, otherwise, there's there's no way, right? Otherwise, we're an island, and there's really nobody finding us. Um, except those that are hardcore enough to kind of make their way to this island through other other means, other channels. So I think it's important to be on YouTube too, as long as we can. Uh, so that was big news. Oh, and then uh, this week we
2: interviewed this guy, Nima.
1: He was an interesting character. Did you catch that one, Tux? Did you take a look at that interview?
2: No, I haven't seen that one yet.
1: So uh, co- cool dude. Fun, fun, fun conversation. Um, he is... Dead set on the fact that he has he believes he has determined with 100 percent certainty that Adam Back is Satoshi, which isn't particularly surprising, right? He's always hmm. been top a top choice, um, but he's got his his means and methods as to how he's how he's proven it. Uh, so recommend was that
2: was that yesterday.
1: Uh, I think we put it up a few days ago. But he, he's a he's oh, a real okay. he's a real character. Um, Interesting. I didn't totally understand all this. I, I get his, his points where how he's, you know, the, the evidence that he has for Adam Back being Satoshi and you can make of that what you will. But he he's kind of sees that as a, as a critical flaw of, of Bitcoin, the fact that um, we do know it's Adam Back. I wasn't really totally following his logic there. Um, so, But it's, wor- it's worth checking out. And he's a super cool dude, uh, fun to listen to. He thinks he's he also in like one sentence, he's he's saying how he thinks he can create a, a better privacy coin, but he just doesn't want to do it. He, he's, a little, he's a little he's a little over the top.
2: What, then Monero? Uh,
1: yeah, he likes Monero, but, he you know, he thinks he thinks Monero can be traced because he was referencing um the IRS bounties, you know, chain analysis stuff. Uh, but then like in his second breath, he's like, yeah, and if I wanted to, I could build something that's completely untraceable. Do um, it. He's, he's a little. Yeah, he's. He's a little over the top, but definitely uh, fun to listen to, and uh, overall a good personality. I enjoyed, him. I enjoyed him, and hope about, maybe we'll have him on the show or that's some. He's a fun guy, uh, so check those things out. Oh, one other thing I wanted to bring up. Actually, I'll put the banner up right now that we always put up here. The Noto, the Noto is full steam ahead, guys. We've gotten, uh, I've gotten in, like an email or a DM or two people asking about it. It is full steam ahead. Uh, yeah, I think originally we, ha- or originally, originally we wanted to deliver it quite some time ago, but then we had pushed it back to September. We're not there, but it's uh, we're we're just dealing with issues with China and actually getting the hardware and things like that. There's, but uh, what we've decided to do since there's things that are holding it up, we've decided to put some more development into the soft software side of things. So we're adding. Um, an easy one-click way to mine with the Noto using P2Pool. So it's not not an ideal way by any means to mine Monero, but the idea is if you're going to have this device, uh, maybe you want to just turn it on as a miner, right? Yeah, Um, it's
2: not exactly a, a beefy Ryzen 9 or anything. I think yeah, it's like it's like an arm processor, but it's like a decent one. It's like an eight core arm processor.
1: Yeah, it makes sense, right? We talk about how you could turn any computer into a miner. So why wouldn't we turn the NODO into a miner? So uh, with Super One Click, you got a you got a node up and running. Uh, you could easily run a light wallet off of it. the the whole The real whole purpose of NODO is super secure, reliable node. Right? That's that's like number one goal. Um, but now we're adding other little little features. So with one click, you could add P2Pool Mining for those that want to get that up and running and make it super, super easy for people like me. Uh, and then we're also adding a larger screen. So there is, I think I was talking to you about this, right? So there, there is a screen on the Noto, but we're making it kind of uh, almost like a uh, smartphone size. So nice, oh, nice, cool. large, nice yeah. large screen. And then with that, we'll be able to do some more fun things with the screen itself. So we're working on that as well. So those software developments, P2Pool, and basically um, developing it so you will we'll have information running across the screen, kind of like Monero, awesome. news, Monero news type stuff. Yeah, like the latest That's always feed.
2: cool to see. Yeah. Like an
1: RSS feed of, of Monero stuff. So you could have this thing sitting on your desk. It's a reliable node. And you know you glance over at it, it might tell you might show you the latest latest Monero tweet, or perhaps eventually the latest popular posting on XMR Bazaar. So we're building that out uh, right now, um, and it's not slowing down the project at all. It's because we're waiting on other things anyway. Um, so I would say at this point we're on track for having these delivered before.
2: Christmas. Getting those manufactured as a small business is probably pretty hard, pretty difficult, especially since you have to outsource most of that to China.
1: Yeah, that's the real holdup. And apparently they've made other projects priority, like much larger orders. <laughs> yeah, orders yeah. Even though far. you put
2: yours in way longer. Yeah.
1: And we don't really have any leverage with them. So um, the guy we're dealing with that's dealing with China is a super cool dude. Um, but yeah, he's his hands are kind of tied, so and you yeah, know, can't really Throw more money at them to become priority, but we've had uh, 25 people order these things, which is awesome. That's Greatly great. appreciate that, and yeah, anybody else that's considering, please, please do. It definitely helps if you guys order one now. It just gives us gives us more momentum. It gives us more capital uh, going into all this. And God forbid anything does happen, everybody's getting their money back. Um, you know, you know, you know. I'm good for that. But uh, it's more on track than ever, closer than ever. And if anything, it's better than ever. So just want to get the word out on that. And yeah, that's it. I guess we can move on with the show.
2: Awesome. Yeah, let's go ahead and jump into the price report. Let's do it.
0: The Monerotopia price report segment is sponsored by Local Monero. Avoid using KYC exchanges. Buy and sell Monero directly for fiat, peer-to-peer.
1: Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, good morning. Good morning.
3: Good to uh, good to hear the notos coming along.
1: Yeah, notos coming along. These things are t- these, it's not easy, man. Uh, a lot of moving parts, but uh, full speed ahead because we had like three people in the past week ask about it, which is understandable given I think we had said September. But yeah, it's it's moving along. Cool,
3: Tux. What's your um? What's your Perry or what's your uh, what's your uh, sparkling water brand of choice? Um,
2: probably. Probably Lacroix.
1: Lacroix. Wow, well, I've never is heard it, of that one.
2: Is it a good? Oh, or bad? No,
1: you never heard of that. That's like.
3: LaCroix. It's pretty
2: popular, oh, yeah.
1: Super popular
3: over here, yeah. Wow. Huh. I used to drink up yeah. Gerolsteiner a lot just because it seemed like it had the most uh, minerals of all the sparkling waters.
2: Oh yeah, this one no. isn't even like I have. I have tried some some mineral waters, but a lot of these aren't even like mineral sparkling waters. It's just like a a slightly Flavor. flavored yeah. uh, carbonated water. Basically. Uh, I see. So
1: yeah, like
4: carbonation. But
1: yeah, they really figured out the flavoring, whatever they did, and the marketing, right? I feel like they they were really the breakthrough uh, flavored soda water. Huh. You see them everywhere. Well, here in Mexico, I just
3: drink a bunch of Topo Chico. In the states, it's like super <laughs> expensive, but here I can get like I don't know for less than a dollar, I can get a liter and a half.
1: What is it, Topo Chico? What's that, Topo Chico?
3: Oh yeah. It's like, um, maybe it's only like a Texas popular thing. Everyone in Texas, like when you go to any cool cheek little restaurant, they'll have a a glass of a glass bottle of Topo Chico. Um, it's like, I don't know, it's some kind of mineral spring water here in Mexico that I don't know, decades or a century or two ago, it was renowned that it would heal your ailments or whatever, if you go dip in the pool. So now, um, now they like bottle it up. It's owned by Coca-Cola, unfortunately, but, uh, it's it's really popular here. Yeah, I think Lacroix might even be owned by Coca-Cola. Maybe not.
2: Yeah, it's. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they are.
3: I think Coca-Cola owns all the water on the world.
2: There's a Disney <laughs> of, the of the beverage too. industry.
3: Great, great yeah. business, right? Sugar water, <laughs> sugar water for everyone. Sugar flavored water. Now they use yes. stevia. No, I don't know. All right, so um, yeah, let's uh, let's get into price. Not not we, too much. happening. We, we gotta sell
1: some uh, some original Coca Cola, original recipe on XMR Bazaar. We get somebody doing that. That that'd be fun. Original Coca Cola. You mean like with the cocaine in it? <laughs> yeah. <day>. It shows, <laughs> <laughs> the good old days, right? Next well,
3: price report. Coca Cola. Drink your Coke like a man with the white <laughs> stuff in it. <laughs> Gross. Anyways, um, okay, yeah. So we got the Monero chart sitting here in front of us. Uh, not much happened, you know, kind of went up for a little bit, kind of went down, still writing in these lower standard deviation bands. Um, this line up here, zoom in a little bit. I'm not really quite sure how to draw it. Like if I wanted to, I could connect that down there. You'd say, well, wow, that makes a lot of sense. But then, you know, if price had gone higher, then I would just draw the line a little bit higher. So, um, I suppose if this kind of stays down, then, then maybe this line right here would make some sense. But, um, yeah, this, this wouldn't be regarded as a very reliable pleb line. Um, Overall, you know, I mean, Monero is still going to be correlated with the rest of the crypto market. Uh, What kind of bumps me out a little bit is that I'm really wanting to break through this top line right here. And uh, it's like we almost did it, came back down. We're like pushing up against there. And then somehow, I guess, Monero just took a little dump here relative to Bitcoin. So, um, yeah, the the weird thing about that is that for the last few days, um, really since I guess that would be since Wednesday, uh, Monero price on Kraken has been above all of the rest of the prices, or I'm sorry, excuse me. Um, Binance, Polo, Phoenix, Hucoin, and OKX have all been above the Kraken price for like basically since Wednesday. So you kind of think like, why would this candle right here drop? That doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense. But um, a- again, I'm, I'm not I'm not convinced that these divergences are reliable anymore. Um, perhaps their Monero miner that they've been using is, is enabling them to kind of screw with that. Um, I have a, I have the sense, you know, it's not an ego thing, but I have a sense that, um, CZ is maybe paying attention to this. Like it wouldn't surprise me if eventually they got wind that we were looking at this chart and they said, oh crap, we need to change our algos or something. So that, uh, so that this doesn't appear, you know, so it's not such an easy thing to use with so much signal. Um, let's see if we compare our price to Ethereum Monero's actually doing pretty good, uh, in terms of the quote unquote wave magic. Um, we're sort of writing the upper standard deviation bands, at least the short term ones. Um, this is actually a pretty decent price action. Um, it doesn't have to hold. Again, this is all like if when we look at TA, it's all probabilistic. So, you know, just keep that in mind, which is, you know, why we look at the macro so we can get sort of a more fundamental view of the market and combine that with our TA and um, you know, really, what we try to draw out is common themes. If we see TA that says the same thing across a bunch of different charts, that helps us to have confidence, especially if the macro is lined up. So, um, anyways, just know that this doesn't have to hold, but um, this could be a reasonably a reasonably good expectation. Um, I don't know, maybe sixty percent that it'll hold, and then start moving, uh, making its way up here to the uh, the moving averages. <clears throat> okay, so um, longs versus shorts on Monero is still hovering pretty close to zero, and it has been for basically a year now. Um, you know, we had these pretty wild swings uh, that happened previously in our high, our price history. You'll remember the uh, the bull market twenty twenty one, where we inexplicably inexplicably had these crazy shorts, and uh, Zcash was like way up here on their on their shorts, uh, longs minus their shorts or their net short position. Um, nothing much has changed either with the market cap dominance for Monero. Um, still basically looking at the same thing. Still hoping, praying to, um, you know, I, I don't know, the price gods that uh, this thing will finally bump up to the upside. Um, that would actually be that would be double good. That would be double plus good on two counts. Um, one, because we'll break this very long descending line, which we tried to do there and, and didn't quite make it, didn't quite confirm it. So breaking that again is a good confirmation that this line should be beat for quite a long time. The other thing, obviously, is that, uh, you know, we've got this head and shoulders right here. um, That is not quite yet the inverse right shoulder like this. The price needs to come to the upside to really confirm that this right shoulder is, in fact, a right shoulder. So um, hopefully that plays out in the way we want to see it. Uh, Let's take a look at we'll we'll come back to. What
1: would you have to see it play out by like when is the uh what's the timing on that where oh
3: you know with these with these shoulders they can be weird and gimpy and all messed up um this thing could like sit flat through here it it could take until next year and if this thing finally comes to the upside you would you would still call that a shoulder for example even if we did something like this and then Hmm. came up like that you would still be able to call that a head and shoulders Basic. um so yeah it's such a long we're looking at the weekly chart here so it's such long time frames that um <clears throat> the time for this to be invalidated would be like it, it would take us well into next year before you would kind of say, "All right, the there's an expiration on this uh, on the time frame here." Um, yeah, okay. So we can take <coughs> we can take a look at um, Bitcoin and the rest of crypto in a second. Let's go ahead and take a look at the like the macro picture here. Um, we'll start with Dixie. That's a reasonably good, solid thing that everyone looks at. Um, as we talked about, since we basically came back from this breakdown right here and then started moving up. It's kind of like, all right, we, we've basically been expecting this rise. Um, and we've been kind of just steady on that. At this moment, we're hitting some resistance levels, right? We're hitting that spot. Um Yeah, I mean, you draw a line back far enough, you're going to find some place that it matches up. So whether those two matter or not, I don't know. But this spot right here is definitely important. Um So I, I wouldn't be surprised to watch the dollar index take a little bit of pause here. It might need to pull back some. Uh, and then potentially break to the upside. Um, we'll have to wait and see on that. Let's see. I haven't looked at the magic on this in a while. at so what that says, uh, we'll let that load that. It just takes a minute for that thing to load. So if we're going to think that the Dixie might pull back and we're looking at gold, um, there's actually a decent opportunity that gold might find support at this line right here. Uh, and then, and then make its way to the upside, which is something, you know, I've kind of been expecting for a long time. It's not a short term play. It's not a medium term play. It's, it's definitely like, on the many months to years time frame here, but I do think gold is um, just overall, like it's a good asset, a good place to be in right now. Um, we don't know when it might start pumping to the upside. Sometimes it has counter cyclical pumps. Um, it does tend to pump before you get a big risk on movement. So that's, that's the other reason. Like that's another reason to be in gold. You're going to have limited downside and it should be one of the first things to pump going into the next risk on moment. Which could be next year. Maybe it takes to the end of next year. Um, you know, we've talked about recession and all that. And we'll, we'll take a look at that again, actually, here in a minute. Um, let's take a look at the global liquidity, right? We talked about this. Um, we talked about this last episode where green line is sort of liquidity. I don't include the M two in the green line here because that's so delayed. It's it's almost it almost just creates more noise. So this is really just the Fed balance sheet, and we get a weekly report on that. It's called the Wednesday level. Um, so that's the Fed balance sheet. Uh, minus the reverse repos. So we're, we're sort of combining two different charts that we looked at before um, to understand the, the broad picture liquidity. That's that's probably more appropriate for us to do. So as you can see, overall, um, the, the U.S. liquidity in green has been rising, but it's really not like that high. I mean, it's, it's basically in – draw some lines here. Uh, it's basically in this zone right here. So in this zone right here, price – For the NASDAQ, we're looking at the the NASDAQ right here. The NASDAQ was kind of, you know, in this range. So given where the U.S. liquidity currently is, it does look like price is maybe slightly um, ahead of itself. And then the white line is global liquidity. This does include M2. In fact, this is is M2 uh, and all balance sheets for like 99% of the global economy. So we're like talking about the top 15. Uh, national economies, so that's their M2 money supply and their um, their central bank balance sheets. So you can see that um that actually was a better predictor for us about what the stock market was going to do. Once that started popping, um that was like the stock market immediately started coming back, and it makes sense. Um global liquidity does like to flow into U.S. stocks. That's that's a thing that does happen. Um although you can see that really since about, about we'll just say um we'll just say the end of April, we've seen liquidity global liquidity dropping, uh, generally speaking, even as U.S. liquidity has been rising. So these are kind of slightly conflicting and the stock market is, is kind of ever optimistic. The stock market loves to to pump. It loves any reason to go up uh, and it tends to do that. So um, right now, right now, I would say on the stock market, let's I, I think we're looking at a head and shoulders here to me, like this looks fairly confirmed at this moment. Um, you could also draw this line right here, something kind of like a line that looks like that. Um, and so you've got kind of the armpits there. So, I mean, this thing in my mind, uh, should at least end up dropping to, to this horizontal resistance right here, somewhere in that area. Um, and again, kind of like we've been talking about, you know, I'm, I'm not, con- I, I'm, I'm fairly convinced that this run is temporarily over, uh, and that things need to pull back. I'm not calling for a bear, like a bear market crash. I'm not calling for a 2008. Um, I'm just saying that things need to pull back. Um, at least to this level, but sometimes things can overperform and end up further down. That wouldn't be surprising. Um, So let's back to the Dixie really quick now that the the wave magic is loaded just to take a quick look at it. Uh, um, One really good spot, it's looking to me like, if the Dixie was going to continue to the upside, the confluence of the upper standard deviation bands and then this big rising uh, uh, kind of line right there, trend line, um, maybe right here, like that would be, Somewhere in this area would probably be a good spot to maybe expect a top in Dixie. Um, things don't go in straight lines, so I wouldn't expect it to actually just go in a straight line. We might have some kind of pullback, right? Maybe it comes to the top here, comes up there, does something like that. Um, I do, again, I do think that this is a reasonable spot to think that we might see some, uh, uh, we might see a little bit of pullback in the Dixie that, that could happen. Um, so uh, the other thing too is, I mean, sometimes this thing just does violent moves for no reason. So perhaps it could just pump to the upside and then, and then stay up there. Um, yeah, so that's the dollar index. That's uh, global liquidity. Let's take a look at Bitcoin and Ethereum real quick. The combination market cap. Bitcoin has actually been outperforming Ethereum lately. It's still inside. It's decent. we will take a look at that in a second. Um, overall, I mean, like in terms of looking at this, looking at this from sort of wave magic perspective, you know, the standard deviations. Uh, I mean, this thing looks like it, it needs to drop. It needs to at least get to the moving average cluster here, but I mean, really it needs into this zone. Um, it needs to get into the lower standard deviation zone where it's been. Um, and it needs to establish that as kind of a bottom, like that's in long-term price action. I I just see this over and over again. Like you, you almost never form some kind of bottom and then come up and then just keep going up. Like that's so rare, like some kind of fundamental event has to drive that. And we just don't have that kind of fundamental event right now. So. this this price action is just like, I mean, it's it's just flat. It's nothing. There's no volume. If you look on the exchanges, the volume is total crap. Um, and we get like a massive pump and then dump back down. This is a bar right here. And then we get a bar to the downside, and then we kind of go up and, and then kind of fake out and be like, no, I'm just kidding. We're we're not actually gonna go up now. Um, this is just kind of jacking price around. I think this is mostly just to try and capitalize on whatever hopes and dreams and liquidity might be out there. Um to really both the long side and the short side. Um, you kind of want to wreck both sides really. So um, this line right here is actually holding pretty well. Uh, you could you could probably find a number of different ways of drawing this line right here. Um, but for now, I guess that's, that's good enough. You know, we're not going to put too much stock in it, but um, yeah, I mean, it, at this moment it probably looks like price will most likely be range bound somewhere in this area. So uh, I mean, I don't really have like great things to say about price. It doesn't mean things can't pump. Like things can always take a big, massive pump for no reason. Uh, back to Bitcoin ETH. things can always take a big, massive pump for no reason. Like we could see this thing just pump to the top of this uh, this blue cluster right here. That could happen. Um, I don't, I don't think it will. I, I think that's less likely, but but it could happen. So I think the more likely scenario is that we just kind of just slowly bleed out and continue doing that. Uh, ten-year yield, like we talked about last week, this thing was was pretty much ready to um, to break out. Uh, i decided to go ahead and do it uh recently the interesting thing is that um so we had a fed meeting on wednesday and they didn't say anything that they don't always say you know they're dedicated to getting inflation under control and they're going to hold rates steady and they're going to look at the data blah 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 um they talked a little bit about the government shutdown the potential that you know us government might shut down because of you know underfunding because they're spending uh, such an insane amount of money at this Let's point go. <laughs> Uh, but they, the Fed held rates steady. They didn't raise the rates, which is like what everyone thought they were going to do. No one thought they were going to raise rates. Um, it makes sense. They, um, I think, they sniff weakness in the market, same as I do, and they don't want to put another rate hike on the board to uh, surprise the markets and uh, and cause them to. So let's take a look at like all the rates. So that was the ten-year, but let's let's take a look at all the rates in a in a broad sense. You can see that um, again. The red lines down here being uh, the overall inversion. Um, and you can see that they're kind of ticking up slowly. You can see even on the chart here that the long-term rates sort of pushed up here, whereas the short-term rates didn't actually change that much. One thing that um, I kind of wanted to mention uh, or forgot to mention last time when we kind uh, of uh you know, powered through the recessions and the, the yield curve inversion, one thing that we almost always see before the recession hits and before like for the stock market starts crashing or, or as the stock market has reached its top and is, you know, starting to go down. You'll see the Fed raises rates. And so here's the 2020 debacle. Um, they raised rates all the way, you know, and then sort of flat top here. And then what did we see? All of the short term rates, the yellow and green lines dip below the white line, uh, dip below the federal funds rate. And then things started coming down. And once that happens, that was signal of um, of an impending recession, a very short lived recession because, you know, they just printed their way out of that one. Um same thing happened here, right? So the Fed raised rates. You can see all the way up in 2008. You have the short-term rates were above the federal funds rate, and then they flat topped, and then the short-term rates went below the uh, the federal funds rate. And then when everything started crashing, that signaled recession that was coming. Exact same thing in 2000, right? You got the federal funds rate. In this case, you know, in both of these cases, the federal funds rate was above everything, not just the short-term rates, but but everything. Uh, and if we continue going backwards, you can um, you can kind of see similar action happening, uh, even going back into the 1980s. So again, federal funds rate is higher than everything else. And then uh, recession hits. So one thing that we might be able to say right now, uh, in favor of not having a recession, at least not in the immediate term is that the short-term rates are still largely for the most part above the federal funds rate. Now, if the fed bumps by one more rate hike this year, uh, 0. 0.25 basis points, uh, I guess that would be five and a half So right around here, just put some, put a line right there. All right. So those dotted lines up there, if the fed bumps rates up there and then you start seeing rates come down, like, okay, that's in my mind, that will be like the final early warning sign that recession is coming, that pullback is happening. And then like, um, big crashes, sudden crashes on the stock market could kind of be back on the table if that happens. So... Uh, let's make sure we didn't miss anything here. Oil prices, eh, not much to say here. It uh, looks like they're kind of hitting some resistance. Yeah, I don't know. Like It, it kind of like broke through my little pleb line right here. But at the same time, we're, you know this is should be a pretty solid spot for resistance as well. So um, yeah, oil probably hitting some resistance. Dixie probably hit, hitting some resistance. Um, crypto market, who knows that that gets jacked around to, to take money from traders. Um, so, you know, careful about that. Uh, I think slowly bleed out with moments of hope in between, but mostly bleeding out slowly, slowly, and then a pop, you know, just restore the the faith and the hope of the true believers uh, only to be met with more downside. That, that would be my call here for the next over the coming months. Uh, we kind of already looked at the stock market, not much to see here. Um, yeah. Just kind of checking, making sure. Uh, I guess we could take a look at the S and P really quick. Again, we've got kind of this head and shoulders. You can see how uh, I've made this measurement, right? You've got sort of the, uh, the, the basing line down here and then you take from that basing line to the top and then you just move that line down there so right now the target on this head and shoulders would be uh would be this area right here on the P, which would kind of you know i mean really that puts us back in trend kind of with the bear market which is again what the global liquidity is signaling to me when combined with the u.s liquidity is that um It doesn't look like we should expect new highs on the stock market. We shouldn't expect a rebound, but neither is the situation dire. You know, things are just kind of flat and blah. And I know we've been saying that for the last, (laughs) I mean, really since like May. Um, But that's just where things are at. You know, things are just flat and slow and um, not really too much exciting is happening. Uh, Okay, so we could just take a look at Bitcoin specifically. If we wanted to try and draw this, um, this line, we could probably draw it something like that. It's easy to draw this line like that it's easy to draw this line like that after, you know, the fact of having this and that uh, having sort of these two pumps here. So this is definitely a resistance line at this point um, again. Oh, you know, one more thing that we could, we could look at here in a very broad sense. Um, I saw someone, I think it was a guy named uh crypto sniper, Francis hunt. He, uh, he drew like a very large um, triangle. So let's just draw it like this. So you can kind of see where I just drew that line there. Let's actually make it. Uh, thicker because there's a lot of lines here so it might be hard to see um, and then we've kind of got maybe this going on right here right you could say that that's a triangle um, or even if you wanted to like look at it in a very large sense um, we, my hotkeys are my usage of hotkeys are kind of messed up today for a reason okay um, we could also maybe try and draw that line right here uh, so I mean there's there's different ways of looking at it um, this would hypothetically take until like maybe we just bounce along the bottom here maybe we could extend that line right there there's a whole bunch of different ways this could play out right maybe we could bounce along here and then sort of and then crash somewhere around the new year's um like i you know like i'm saying like to get back to somewhere in this zone right there's a bunch of different places that we could hit in the zone but somewhere in the zone you could say colloquially 20k right you could just be like okay 20k nice round number anyway so um yeah we're, we're looking at uh we're looking at descending triangles which is a similar. It's not entirely similar, that's kind of what happened, you know, back here um, in the last bear market where we sort of had like this, uh, you know, we had this triangle going on. What am i am doing? I'm hitting a button wrong here, and I keep, I think I'm hitting Alt-R. Anyway, so there's kind of like this triangle down there, which broke down. Um, some smart people actually expected that to break down. Okay, anyway, so um, yeah, that's basically the Bitcoin price right there. Those are different ways of sort of drawing lines and looking at it. Uh, last thing we'll look at here is the Ethereum Bitcoin price. And as we've talked about, it's kind of like this descending wedge. This is a very clear structure. This is not one of these like, um, oh, well, I drew it this way, but someone else drew it that way. Like, no, this is like very, very clear descending wedge structure here on ETC. So, um, yeah, right now, you know, a lot of people celebrating the slow bleed of Ethereum versus Bitcoin. Um, and you know, I wouldn't necessarily expect this to stop, right? Like this thing could just keep going down. And, uh, at some point it wouldn't be surprising at all to see a fake out to the downside, like Uh, let's see maybe we maybe it happens um maybe it happens all the way over here and uh we get some kind of like bounce and then fake out and then down right only to to bounce back out of that um so that's just one way like again these things fake out crypto markets are heavily manipulated in a lot of ways all markets are really pretty manipulated but crypto especially um so yeah that's kind of like i wouldn't expect much change in the current steady state that we're seeing um Let's see, we got a bunch of different coins looking at them next to each other and uh, nothing's really performing. I guess um, Link, Link and white is slightly doing better than everything else, but but not that better. You know what I'm gonna do? If you guys wanna like hit me with the coins y'all wanna see, like whatever shit coins you wanna see, I'm gonna program an indicator that puts like, I don't know, maybe like 15 or 20 different lines here so we can look at all the different shit coins together and then I'll put a little legend up here at the top that color codes everything. Um, so if y'all have coins particularly that y'all wanna see you can just put them all next to each other and these are z scores again so you're looking at how the coin is performing relative to its own personal history over the past x amount of days or candles or whatever um so these are these are z scores and i think they're very useful for comparing assets side by side because you know if you look at if you try and compare the price of gold to the price of silver you're like okay well their prices are nowhere near each other so then you have to like go into the to the axis here and start you know, okay. Send this line to a new, you know, pen to a new scale, new left scale, and then yeah, that's just too much. Just use the z scores; it's like statistically congruent, anyways. Um, so, other than that, yeah, I think uh, unless there's anything you guys want to take a look at, that
1: should be about all for today. No, no, no. It's good on my end. Thank you, man. Maybe, maybe at some point, uh, give us commentary on the on the housing market. Not not today, but I don't know if you have kept an eye on that. That's it's just interesting. It seems ah like uh, yeah.
2: I guess it depends on what
1: region too. It's in super bubble territory compared to uh, historically on all. Okay. On all I mean, I can give
3: you a quick clip on it. We don't have to look at the charts or anything, but um, with the rates going up, what we're seeing is um, people don't want to take new loans on new houses and people don't want to yep. sell their house because you have to go somewhere. You have to go to a new house, right? So you have to get a new loan. So people don't want to sell their houses and people don't want to buy new houses. So the volume is dropped off significantly, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the housing market's about to crash. It just means that there's not much volume. Um, and there's not much liquidity on either side of that equation. Um, this will probably continue until, I don't know, I guess until wages come up or until, uh, probably until rates come down. I just, it's hard to imagine with 30 year loans that people are going to make any significant changes for the next five years unless something significantly changes with rates.
2: It's probably going to be rates because like even my parents, they wanted to move, but. They're like, we can't refinance right now. We're just
1: yeah, no, 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 yeah. but 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 the the price of homes, what they're valued at, is is historically uh, high. Really, compared to any time in history, when you compare it to like other metrics, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: You know, will we'll yeah. try and look at it like,
3: relative to stock market, relative to yeah. I don't know GDP stuff like that.
1: Yeah.
2: China's housing market we'll will, will always there. be in goofball territory. Yeah, China, that's a whole
1: other deal, right? I mean, they they built like all these these fake First, investments, fake GPs. that nobody like lives in, <laughs> like entire fi- like fake cities with empty buildings. It's bizarre, crazy. In China? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's... yeah, it's
3: yeah, should... probably tied up with the whole Evergrande. You know, like there was China kind of had their 2008 housing real estate bust, leverage and bust um, over the past couple years.
1: Yeah, supposedly there's like the, you know these these essentially empty cities because people were just in, in using property as a, as a way to store value without any in, intention of using these things. So they just kept building and
3: building it's and like
2: building. hodling Bitcoin.
1: Yes, <laughs> gotcha. you'd be surprised
3: <laughs> with so many people. Why wouldn't why wouldn't people just go squat in those cities? Maybe they got their police making sure that no one occupies the empty abandoned yeah. ghost towns. Yeah, it's China. Yeah. You know? <laughs>
2: They have the most amount of cameras per citizen compared to any country in the world.
1: That's The most amount of what?
2: Cameras. C C T V cameras per oh, citizen. Shit, okay. At least in Beijing.
1: Huh. Is the US second second to, to China? Second or third. <laughs> All right, man. I'm thinking, Body I'm thinking about moving to Argentina. Oh
2: yeah.
3: If Malay wins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be that'd be wild. Do you think he has a real shot? It seems like he's going to win. Uh, we, we'll know by next month. I think October
1: 22nd is the election. It's going to be crazy. We're probably going to try to go down there in November. Um nice. And start scoping out for the next Topia, which would be a year from then. Cool.
4: Yeah, the going RGP in January confirmed?
1: to check it out. He should be. He should have
3: taken office by then. I think it's like December. Sometime in mid-December, he should take office.
1: Be wild if he want Amazing. All right, should, man. Thank regardless. you. What's that? Should be a good Monerotopia regardless oh yeah 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 I mean we're not we're not totally set on Argentina but definitely top 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 choice right now I think my my only hesitation is it's far for us <laughs> I mean depending on where you're going <laughs> coming from it seems like it's far from a lot of a lot of people uh but obviously yeah. not if you're
2: in South You'd say North. most of the attendance is from the US
1: yeah most of the attendance is from the US
2: that's what it looked uh, like to me
1: I liked the and idea of doing mexico again only because it'd be easier we do it at the same venue and we would just tweak things and improve things uh as opposed to starting from scratch but buenos Aires is very enticing right now especially with everything that's going on um like potentially this new new crypto friendly president libertarian friendly president and then just crypto itself seems to be gaining organic adoption there so trying to tap tap into that with the monero bazaar that we'll have so Probably leaning towards Buenos Aires. Bueno. Almost Almost. Right? Not yet. Almost. Confirmed. Oh yeah. We'll have to go down there and we'll see what it leads to. All right. Thank you, buddy.
2: All right Thank you, buddy. I'll talk to you later. Cool. Yeah. That's super ironic that you couldn't, you couldn't do us last time. Cause the, uh, the land that's supposed to be the free was forcing vax mandates on non us citizens to come in. Uh, yeah, by the t- at the time you were doing it, not last year, this year, earlier in May, thankfully that's gone now, but I, I have a feeling it's going to come back again.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't really. I don't really trust the U.S. in that respect. And there's a there's a lot of people that just don't want to come here from around the world. They're like, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to have to get a visa to come into the U.S. Like, there's a lot of people that don't want to yeah. deal with that. Yeah, uh, Mexico City was much more friendly to that. It was,
2: yeah, a lot more. Buenos,
1: Buenos Aires. Um, I'm actually not sure about that. From depending on where you're coming from, but I think it's certainly.
2: It would probably be a lot easier in the U.S., but it's just far. It's just far uh, from us, at least.
1: It's far from us, but it's it would be beautiful if we did it down there. And it would be, we'd probably do it in like around November, December time. Probably November, uh, which is springtime. Be beautiful. Um a lot of it. Oh not a this lot, year, but the next year. Would be amazing. Yeah, it would be this year. That's a. absolute Wait. Next month. you're having tickets now. No, like that, that gives us time, right? Uh, it was you. You saw. You helped out. You saw. You saw the stress involved. So we figure if we have a good good year to plan. Yeah. Uh, it will give us give us a lot of time, and then that also then separates us from Monero Con, which they're going to stick in Prague and you know, they're going to stay with the, Jan- the June timeline. So that puts us like six months away from that. So that we have MoneroCon in, in June and MoneroCon. Oh, there
2: time. you go. That makes that a lot easier for you exactly. guys, not back-to-back Monero conferences. <laughs> exactly. exactly.
1: Somebody's got to do it. So we'll take the lead. Uh, Andres, no visa needed for Buenos Aires. Yeah. Um, it's, it's there you go. Intense. It's awesome. Buenos Aires, man. Let's Let's all head down there.
2: He's trying to get you to do it.
1: All right, uh, moving along. Jump
2: into the uh, dev segment. yes yeah, go. All right.
0: And now for the Monero development segment.
2: Oh, what's up? Yo. what's going on, man?
5: Well, you you know what's going on. I I told you in Telegram, but other than that, I'm I'm fine. I got a cold. Oh, you have a cold? Yeah, kind, kind of.
1: Oh no! All right. Well, uh, I hope you feel well enough to do this. And I guess you had some issues with with your with your hardware.
5: Uh, no, it's it's the shop that I bought my Galaxy Watch from. You know, oh, okay. I, ba- I I basically got scammed with the the European fourteen days return rights. Okay. Well, wait. So they never sent it to you. Is that what happened? No. So I I bought it. And I decided that I wanted to switch to Apple. Please don't blame me. <laughs> and uh, I sent it back with a 14 days uh, return rights. And oh, okay. it, it was a hundred percent cleaned, uh, everything. And and it's a GSM, so they probably don't want you to send back products because they lose profit on that. And uh, they said that it, it was muddy and stuff. And yeah. They were trying to uh, um, how do I say this? They, they were trying to they were trying to deduct uh, money from the original uh, price that I paid for it.
1: Mm, okay, that sucks.
5: Yeah, so now I have to go around uh, talking to uh, national uh, organizations and police stuff. So it if it, it, it will take a few months Jeez. to get this sorted out.
1: Yeah. Will- and they
5: and they also get- broke go ahead sorry and they also broke my gdpr rights
1: mm, they invaded they invaded your 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 privacy
5: um they recorded my voice in you know, a voice call uh without notificating me about it nor uh, did they ask for permission
1: mm, not not surprised there I'm sure that happens all the time <laughs> Sadly. yeah that's hey that, that's that's the world we live in man that's why we've been there all right um, yeah. what, what, is, uh, what do you have for us today? What is the Spackle's project?
5: So uh, Spackle XMR, uh, as we know from uh, Matrix, uh, he's contributed, uh, I think, twice already, but uh, this is the pr- project of him that I chose. So basically, it's an uh, it's alternative to pocket change. Uh, as you see my screen, uh, this is uh, mentioned from him. So, he saw the concerns with uh, people voicing over Pocket Change and wanted to offer an alternate uh, that could address the central issues with uh, uh, being somewhat conv- convenient. Uh, what he wrote is a much less convenient version than Pocket Change, but it's a straightforward uh, one for a user. He's comfortable running an RPC and, of course, using Python because it's built, built in Python.
1: So it's it's a new version of Pocket Change?
5: No, it's an alternative.
1: Alternative version. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Let us
5: let us know all about it. So if I find my cursor, uh, so uh, this is just an explanation of Monero outputs for uh, people that don't don't know. Uh, do you want me to show this, or uh, we can skip it and uh, you just put it in the description?
1: Yeah, you could quickly explain. Sure. sure
5: so basically monero has uh, outputs for example uh like change uh in your wallets uh and every transaction that you send uh compares what kind of outputs you have for example if you want to send a, a one monero transaction but you only have a only have two half monero uh, outputs then it takes both of your outputs and And you don't have any change because you sent a full Monero. But, for example, if you want to send uh, two Moneros and you have uh, one and a half and one and a half Moneros, you send two outputs, uh, one of which you are going to get back uh, one Monero change because you sent uh, in total three monero. So, uh, usually Monero has uh, transactions with one input and uh, two outputs. Uh, and this makes it uh, so people blend in very well. Uh, if if you send more outputs, you are going to get a larger ring size, but then you basically compromise yourself as you, you don't blend in the crowd. So uh, it, he has three scripts, uh, Fracture, a Consolidate, uh, and the Churn uh, Python script. Fracture uh, does uh, what I wrote here, so it takes a wallet with one output and... Uh, uh breaks it into 16 outputs with independent independently timed uh one in and two output transactions with a matching decoy uh selection of maximum three days which covers 60% of the decoy distribution. Uh running this script for one week uh, uh a one output wallet will be broken into 16 outputs as said uh and it, it isn't uh, traceable as uh it's it doesn't break it into six outputs immediately, but over time. Uh, moving on to churn, uh, this is basically a simplified version of fracture uh, without splitting the outputs. Uh, I, I see your face. Uh, are you not getting something or?
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading now. I'm reading as you stop. Okay. Go ahead.
5: Um, uh, the Churn uh, takes the uh, outputs and churns them uh, with the same approach and timing uh, as fracture and uh with ten available, available outputs uh with this script uh, running for a week uh a user will have 10 outputs at the end but uh the churn churns them at least twice over time over over the one week
1: so effectively what what is the difference between this and pocket change like uh and if you could simplify it i don't know i know it's a tough question mm,
5: i think uh speckle would be better simplifying it uh to be honest, I don't get why he thinks that this is uh, a more better approach to it hmm. for uh, starter starter Monero users, but I'm sure he can answer maybe in the uh, viewers section uh, segment of uh, Topia.
1: Oh, okay, he's with us today.
5: Uh, I think i I will ask him in elements uh, after my segment. Oh
1: cool. yeah, if he wants to jump up, sure.
5: Sure. Uh, moving on to consolidation, consolidate the, the Python scripts. Uh, it's almost spef- specifically made for uh, people users slash miners, because it uh, takes an X amount of out- outputs under a small uh, amount of bits, and uh, basically combines them uh, over time for you, so you don't have to uh, do it yourself, uh, and and you don't have to must with the fees uh, with consolidation prices. Uh the small amount uh which I mentioned is uh, by default 0001 XMR and uh, it targets uh to consolidate balances uh of each output to 0.01 XMR. Uh yeah. there is no weekly measure for it for this. Uh P uh T P users can run this forever and they will have better handle over their money instead of messing with uh, such little outputs. Moving, moving into the usage of it, uh, there's, of course, three files that I mentioned. Uh, one second. So we have uh, churn, the consolidate, and the fracture.py here. Uh, if we, if we uh, see uh, RPC user and RPC password var- variables, uh, they have a user and a password value uh, currently, the user has to paste their user and password of their RPC uh, here in the files, but I I will make an update to them so there is a an account that j- JSON that replaces these values, and uh, you just need to uh, put your credentials there. Okay. Uh, then you need to need to download the latest Python from their official site, python.org. Uh, for Windows users, I don't recommend download, downloading Python from a Microsoft Store because it's uh, really outdated. I think it's Python 7.3, which is there, and we are, I think, at 3. Point, no, sorry, 3.7, uh, and realistically, the latest is about 3.11, I think. So it's it's a bit old. Uh, for Linux and macOS users, uh, you need to open a terminal interface, and for Windows, you need to open a Command Prompt. Then uh, you type pip, or uh, if it doesn't work, uh, pip3. Sometimes it gets gets messed up by the path. Uh, install Python uh, slash uh, sorry uh, dash monero RPC, and uh, you start the script by typing python3 uh, script scriptname.py. And uh, after that, basically, if you've entered the credentials into the file, you are already using the script. Uh, you, you just need uh, to wait for it to churn, fracture, or consolidate the uh, outputs of yours. Hmm. Uh, the credits of him I already showed, but uh, it's this GitHub link if anyone wants to see, use the scripts. Very I- cool. Very
1: cool. Tux, you got any uh, technical questions?
2: No, I'd just be curious about the, what's, yeah, the main difference of this implementation versus pocket change. I'm not, maybe it's um, the, how often it happens and how spread apart it is or something, uh, but I'm not sure. Of course, of course.
5: Uh, I'm going to ask him right now if he wants to jump on.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe
1: he can, maybe he can jump on. We can, we can move it along, keep the show going. And if he wants to jump on, that'd be awesome. And he can answer some questions.
5: Sure, I'm asking
2: Sweet, that'd be fun. I'm not sure where our our guest went. He's not in the backstage anymore. Oh no, we lost a guest. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh. Oh shit. Uh, righty we can. I just message
2: him. I'll see if he'll.
1: Okay. Okay. We can proceed to viewers on stage. Sure. And then do the do the news, I guess. Put people up.
2: Do that. All right. Viewers on stage. It's the viewers on stage
0: segment. It's that time where we invite you, the viewers, up on stage to comment on anything you've heard so far today. Ask the guest a question or maybe talk about one of the news topics.
6: Come on down.
1: Come on up, shortwave surfer. How's it going, man?
6: It goes. I do have a question for uh, the person with the development segment. Sure. So why would I use this? versus doing it myself for example if i'm if i have say one monero worth of uh if i have one monero in my wallet what i can do in cake wallet is set up a template to send back to myself 0.1 monero and i can just say i want you know 10 of those and i can just get 10 0.1 monero outputs and then cake wallet also allows now coin control where you can Say I want to send 0.3 XMR, for example, and you can select which output you want specifically that 0.3 to come from. So, like, I can select a, a 0.4 output instead of a 1.0 output.
5: Um, the I think Speckle meant it uh, because the automation. So uh, you said that uh, you are able to set up, set up a template, uh, but... Um, It's automated, so you don't have to mess it uh, with yourself.
6: Ah, okay. So the automation is really the only reason that you would do that versus just I can do it Uh,
5: manually? In my opinion, yes. But uh, Speckle might think different. Uh, I just messaged him. He said that he will come on. Uh, He's getting ready.
7: Cool. Okay.
1: Okay, Great question. Great question. Hello. Hello, Uh, Hello. Andreas, can you hear
7: us? Yes. 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 Hi, guys. Can you hear me?
1: Yes, we can. Yes. Tux, want to run, want to run the uh, special guest segment? Sure,
2: let's do it.
0: The Monerotopia guest segment is sponsored by CakeWallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android 2. Wallet is open source and you always control your own keys. All
1: right, Andreas, we had, we had to give you a proper intro there since you're our special guest this week. What's going on, man? Where, where are you? Yeah, glad you
2: were able to get back on. <laughs> yes,
1: please tell tell us about yourself. Tell us Hi about uh, what's going on.
2: Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, a little bit quiet, but yeah,
7: we can hear you. Yes. Sorry, I having some troubles with my mic um, and the internet today has been a hard day for me, but because it's the my first time in a interview in English, I am an artistes Spanish in Venezuela. And, All right. Well, uh, and and today is my birthday, también, uh, as well. And well, I'm very excited to be here with you.
1: Wait, did, did you say it's your birthday as well? Is that what you yeah. said? Yeah.
7: Today, is my, oh, today ha- is my birthday. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh,
1: it's awesome. happy birthday, man.
7: <laughs> happy
1: birthday. Gracias. Gracias.
7: Uh, yeah, Thank so, you. So, 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 so take your time. Uh, I well, know. English- uh, today English- is uh, it's a challenge for me, really.
1: No worries. Uh, we're, you know, take your time. We want to get you on here. We want to hear what's <laughs> going on. Uh, t- t- take your time. You know, speak as slowly as you need to speak. Don't stress. Uh, maybe we could have uh, Andres jump up too to to help if he's around. I see him in the comments. If he, I don't know if he wants to jump up, but he might be able to help uh, translate for you. But go ahead and, and give give it your best shot and uh, tell us about the fundraiser you're doing for Monero in uh, Venezuela?
7: Okay, uh, my experience in cryptocurrencies uh, has been started since 2017, so-so. Uh, at that time, I I, um, I I leave my work. I am telecommunications engineer in Venezuela, but at this time, it was very rough for me. and I started to do some tasks in internet, and at that time, I tried to do sur- survive, survive online. They pay for PayPal, and I I started to buy Bitcoin. Bitcoin, better uh, At that time, you can buy Bitcoin paying with PayPal. I don't remember the page, but they discontinued the service, and I forget the idea to use cryptocurrencies again. Uh, Two years ago with inflation and the nose or notes bolívares bol- 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 don't don't have very so inflation has has been uh, less uh, the nose has less value, uh, and perdido valor, uh, no they are try- they are pushing the, the people to to use another another nose like dollars. Yeah, yes. uh, in Venezuela very few people use bolívares because they have no value. Very few values. People who who use believers are here are people to to use uh, public transport, public uh, buses, just for pay tickets. No for pay food. No for pay uh, computers, electronics, uh, things, some things. Yeah, the currency has,
1: is worthless. It's it's not worth anything. It's worthless. Yes,
7: you need keeps- a lot of notes to pay some some something.
4: Mm-hmm.
7: I, I I have this posting in the in the promotion of my campaign the some uh, some some notes and the value of each one uh, the big the biggest note at uh, this time just has the value of two three dollars uh, so so at uh, this time uh, since two two or three months ago I uh, see a challenge in internet I remember DK who is his bag? Is the username, uh, and is promoting some challenge to use Monero, and um, he he posts a reward for the best idea to promote Monero at, at this at this moment. Uh, Amazing! Uh, I participated, I participated in, in that challenge. Um, I took the, six pla- the second place. Uh, the community has to vote. Uh, my my idea was the second one. Just for one percent, I lost the challenge. The the see the, the challenge the report <laughs> and I very sad because I can have the reward but I stay in the community and I organize I regroup my ideas and I posted this new this new campaign this new effort for for me and, and my friends that has been motivated to use money in Venezuela.
1: Awesome, awesome, Tux. What? Who did he say the guy was that ran the the uh, contest? That was. Uh, did you
7: Did you yeah, pick up? Oh, one?
2: um, I can't. The I
4: can't guy. remember his you name now. Show. Of course. <laughs>
7: uh,
1: but we, yeah, we got to have him on. He hasn't been on in a while.
7: Guess <laughs> who uh, is uh, back? Who's uh, yes. back? Right,
1: uh, right, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, usually yeah. he he hangs out in the Twitter space. Um, cool. Yeah, that's that's amazing. so. What what was what was your proposal? You said you came in second place. For your idea, what was the idea?
7: Uh, my idea at this time, I started two months ago with a friend in Caracas, Caracas, Venezuela. Mm-hmm. He has uh, an electronic uh, and computer parts store. And, and, at, and this, at this moment, we we onboard some users to pay with Monero. But because the few, few people know about Monero, just we started to, to give. I gift, gift cards that has, has uh, some monero in in the private seat, no? Private seat okay, to, the private. Okay. You can claim the private. the moneros. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: So you you get you were giving out cards with this moneros. Time, moneros.
7: Uh, yes, we we start. We look for for some some gift papers and we recharge with with five dollars of monero and when you go to buy some. Some some things that that he sells, like phones, like graphic graphic cards or something like this, you you have the opportunity to receive some monero and and can use it in the in the store as well.
1: Awesome. Fantastic. And so now you you've done a proposal on Kudo, correct? To raise money?
7: Um the the proposal is to to onboard twenty, 20, 20 merchants. We have started we some some merchants uh, now, but we have some some surprises. We uh, keeping forward the the, the campaign and is posting and we'll be posting the news and the and new merchants that high that we have been onboarding. Uh, 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 is You bring up uh, the, yeah. Uh, let me
2: bring that up. I got yeah. Look the...
7: La fortaleza.
1: All right. Yeah. You're doing a great job, by the way. Thanks, thanks for you know, uh, having the courage to come up here and talk about this, given that you, you know English isn't your first language. You're doing fantastic. So we're bringing up the website <laughs> so people can see it. By the way, Kuno, uh, I'm seeing a lot of amazing things on there. Right, Tux? I'm like... Yeah. There's, there's a, a lot of stuff lot on of, there. A lot of action. A lot, a lot of things kind of like this, which is, which is really cool. This is built by Anarchio. He's actually helping us. He's building XMR Bazaar for us. Uh, he's he's doing a lot of lot of amazing great work for the Monero community, uh, Um, So yeah, here we are. We got come with us to onboard twenty merchants in Venezuela. The main goal is to educate twenty merchants, independent professionals, about how to use Monero as a reliable P two P cash option and how to use for remittances in Caracas, Venezuela. Very cool. So you're looking for how much? You're looking for six six Monero, and then with that, you're going to try to essentially educate twenty different merchants on how to accept and use Monero. Correct? Yeah. Andres. Yes. Okay. And
7: we uh, we will be uh, doing some, we will do some survive about how to use Monerujo or how, or use Kaiwalek. And show mm-hmm. what is the what is the advantage, or what is, what is the disadvantage, and receive the information for the users and uh, share the, the feedback of the everyone.
1: Do you is there a decent... I mean, we we've been hearing about Venezuela for for, for many years uh, in the crypto space as being the ideal place for cryptocurrency adoption, much like we were talking about Argentina, but perhaps even even more extreme in uh, in. In in, in in why it would be a fertile ground for organic crypto adoption, given the inflation rate of the currency. What is it like there in terms of crypto adoption? Are there a lot of people using cryptocurrency for these purposes?
7: At this time, I think there, there is a, a lot of people know about cryptocurrencies, but sometimes there are a lot of scams on the main media stream uh, remark the the scams over the real use of the cryptocurrencies uh, mm. i think monero has a big potential because the there are a very difficult times to to keep privacy and keep uh transactions in venezuela uh, there are a lot of security problems um, and the government is very hard with the
4: with
1: I know, I know another thing that really put Venezuela on the map in terms of cryptocurrency was in, in the early days, a lot of people were mining Bitcoin in Venezuela, especially given access to cheap electricity. Is any, did you, uh, do you have anything to say about that? Anything that you experienced with that or witnessed with that or what the state of, of mining is like currently in Venezuela? Are there, are there a lot of people that try to mine crypto? Oh, did he freeze? yeah it looks like oh no he
2: he doesn't have reliable in it okay this is great though uh yeah i mean i put the link in the comments uh yeah it looks all
1: right well hopefully he'll you're if he hears us you're welcome to join anytime man uh if not today another time you could could always jump up love to continue to hear his
2: fundraiser um this is legit this is the one he is actually running so your money isn't just going to some random person who's lying about can you, jo-
1: can you throw up a QR code right now on the screen? Is that possible? This B10 is it. Right?
2: This is right here? Yep. Oh, there it is. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I'll make
1: it a little bigger.
2: Okay, just Just scan that?
1: I'm going to try to do it right now. Let's see if I can do it. Dude, uh, Anarchio is doing God's work, right? I mean, Kuno...
2: Dude, this Kuno is like... Works. Yeah, this is like the first of a first, honestly.
1: Yeah. Um. All right. Send a little bit here.
2: Probably won't show up immediately, but there's... um. There's a script for this that runs in the background, I think, every five minutes, and it checks for transactions. So in a few minutes, yeah, donations are synced every five minutes.
1: Yeah, I love the way Kuno is built, right? It's really... You
2: can even um, add a comment if you... Uh, yeah, if you put in your TX ID and the key, you can put in a public comment because you have to prove Oh, sweet. It. Um, Well, I just, I just if sent... you want to do that, you don't have to. You can just donate directly.
1: Yeah, I just sent 0.1 XMR so we should now it, it will show as a separate donation though right i guess but just without any will.
2: yeah without any common information totally in on dude
1: i love it i love i love what an RKO but i guess enough to... most
2: people haven't realized that you can you can do that.
1: yes which is very uh, cool you're just using the transaction you have to. yeah awesome um all right well hopefully he'll he'll jump hopefully he'll get his funding guys uh oh,
2: he's back welcome back. hey man
1: Andres. uh he's frozen i think we, we uh, can yeah. 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 Doesn't doesn't make for good uh Monerotopia TV. But we definitely should try to get them up again. I have a lot of questions about Venezuela. I don't know. Cool. Maybe, That's we, awesome. maybe that becomes where we do the next Monero. I don't even know. Is Ooh, it that'd like that'd
2: be that'd be interesting.
1: Caracas. Ah uh, I, I remember my, my my friend went down there many, many years ago. It's uh it's always been an enticing place to visit, obviously. <laughs> it's, Argentina it's... has
2: inflation, but Venezuela They've got inflation
1: <laughs> right I mean it's like people from of that, you know our I want to go to Argentina they're like you think that's inflation
2: <laughs> you want to come hang out over there In all the uh, the Western countries you know ours is like it's bad but like it pales in comparison.
1: it's so sad I mean it, it is an attack on the people that live there yeah uh, they, they they just can't live day to day their their government has destroyed their lives with fiat that they just make worthless. Uh, very sad to see, and uh, here here in New York we have we have a lot of Venezuelans that have been coming up. We've been talking about the immigrants coming up. Uh, a large percentage of them are from from Venezuela, and uh, I certainly understand why people are are getting out of dodge. Uh, but who knows? You know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, it may look like a completely different place because of cryptocurrency. You know, if the, if the crypto dream really uh really plays out. And the value proposition really lives up to what it's supposed to do. Uh, eventually, cryptocurrency in one form or another is going to fix Venezuela. I, th- I think it will happen.
2: That would be awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean it's, it's gonna it's gonna take time, right? You're you're up against tyrants with guns, uh, uh, but over over the long long course of time, I think you'll you'll see it happen. People are going to opt out. So I guess we'll we'll continue back with the regular regular show. If you want to bring people back up, let's and we could do the news, right?
2: All right, yep. That's if you, uh, you want to join, if you're in the backstage you want to join, just type type one in the private chat. And I'll add you up. Sweet, yeah. It uh, looks can, like, looks like he, Andres is back again. <laughs> All right, you can, oh, you can bring Tony him said He up. has 20 minutes for the news, so we should probably get him on that. All right. It uh, looks like Spackle's there, too.
1: Hi, guys. Hey, Andres. Hey, welcome back. Yeah, I guess, I guess the internet's not, not working too <laughs> well. We mean, we
7: my internet's very unstable, yeah.
1: No worries, no worries. Um, we could have you jump on another time, too. Any, anything you want to any last words you want to put out there just for today while your internet's still working right now any information you want to get out there
7: yes I I, I thank you for the opportunity this is my first time in any show ever and um, I'm very excited to be in the Monero community I, I hope to this is not the the one campaign I hope to uh, keep it forward step forward and go ahead with new new Ideas and new projects in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you, Matt.
2: Thank, Thank you. So on! I just want to show. I just reloaded the page. You went from like two XMR to four point seven.
1: Oh, look at that, bro! Look, check that out. Does he see?
2: Insane! That's the mayor alive. community for you,
1: Andreas. Look, you're you're up to almost five XMR now.
2: Somebody just Somebody donated said... three point some and just donated three point five XMR.
1: Was that you, Tux? Come on! I, I know you have a hard. That, that was
2: not what me. You? I donated not that much. <laughs>
1: Somebody, there's there's always somebody in the wow. market. <laughs> there you go, man. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll. I love this. We'll keep thank doing you so much
7: I, to to speed up the the work. Yes, thank huge, you, man. huge support. Thank you.
1: Thank you for taking the initiative. And will you be showing us, um you know, kind of proof of the work that you've accomplished? Or is that you sh- like the <laughs> the vendors that you've onboarded, the merchants?
7: Yes, I hope to to create a treat to a trip to with all the merchants the in the next month i hope they i hope to to deliver all all the the pics and some videos about the the board, the board the board project and the new new users not not just merchants because we don't have just merchants without users to have an organic adoption, you with we, we need to onboard users and merchants.
1: Mm. And you and you'll be posting. You're saying like a video or something showing the the merchants that you've onboarded. Is that what you said?
7: Yes, I, I hope to make a, a, a compilation of all merchants in the future. But mm. in in the next day, will I will be, I will be posting one by one.
1: Okay, fantastic. I got to ask you what what is. What is the state of Caracas like right now? If if you know if I wanted to go down there and visit, or people wanted to come and visit, what what is it like for for visitors for tourists?
7: For for tourists, Caracas for me is the best place in Venezuela to visit because the government uh, try to to keep to keep safe and keep um, be very careful with the service and the and, and some. Some places to tourists enjoy uh, quietly, but the rest of the country is very, very down, very, um, very, very It's very, it's another another reality. Caracas is one reality; the rest of the of the country is other reality.
1: Ah, okay. So yeah, so it's 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 obviously mm-hmm. it's the safest part of of Venezuela right now. Certain parts of Caracas, yes. right, where. Yeah, yeah and then the rest of the country is just in extreme poverty um i did are there are there people holding like crypto events in Caracas? Do, are people doing that like meetups and mm,
7: meetups um there are another communities like bitcoin Dash but monero has no 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 doesn't have a lot of engagement right now but the the most of people know about cryptocurrencies. The P2P mar- market in Binance is huge, huge. And um, I think one day they move a, a, around one hundred thousand dollars in Venezuela.
1: All right, very cool, man. All right, well, definitely, definitely keep us posted. um We want to, we want to see how things turn out. So. Looks like you'll get your funding, and good luck with that. And then maybe you could jump back on the show in a couple of weeks and let us know how it goes, and you could show us some videos, and we can keep helping you build up the momentum there there in uh, Venezuela. All right?
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. for sure.
1: Thank you, man. Yeah, that that goes to anybody, right, that's doing a a Kuno, that's trying to fundraise. Uh, You're always welcome to come on the show and explain yourself and talk about it and let us know what you're working on. Uh, This is what we're all about, getting the word out.
2: Go ahead and jump in the news while well, Tony's still here.
1: Yeah, let's do it. All
2: right. And now for our weekly news segment.
1: All right, Tony.
2: All right, once again, hey let me know if you want to come on, if you're in the backstage.
1: we got people coming in from all over the world today. All over the world.
8: Okay, so actually, Alaskanon said that um, there are still a bunch of donations that are on chain, but not on the page yet, but he is fully funded. So I guess Andres is fully funded as of now. Um, all right. But- yeah that's crazy (laughs) yeah he's almost fully funded but um yeah so let's get into the news section while we are on the topic of kuno and poor latin american internet let's discuss uh, cuba so uh, xmr future posted um a link from uh, kuno which said and he wrote let's help a fellow monero user from cuba route around censorship and distribute a few usb sticks in his community so they can do the same and oh my god (laughs) this is so bright um So the title says, a Cuban warrior seeking support for freedom. Hey, guys, my name is Jose. I'm a student of medicine in Cuba, very interested in privacy and freedom. Uh, I'm born in Cuba 22 years ago. Maybe it's not the best place for freedom and privacy, but I love my family. Um, So basically what he's saying is that um, he has poor internet and he tried to research about tales and tour, but he can't because... These pages are blocked to download directly from the public internet, controlled by the national telecommunications. Uh, the wages are low and internet restriction is very high on the island. So he plans to buy one terabyte HDD to storage uh, downloads and five, 10 gigabyte USB sticks to install Tails. This allows me, he said, awesome. um, share some USB Tails pens with some friends in my community to create, to create awareness about use the internet against tracking, surveillance and censorship. He details all the costs. And it's that's
1: one a great Yep. Yeah. So he, he's basically trying to help people get access to, to Tor so they can get on the internet anonymously and, and not get, get blocked, get around the fu- the firewalls, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um that's that's really cool. Yeah, but uh who is the guy? do we have a name of the person? Doing uh, this Jose. Just Jose. Jose. Yeah, Jose, if you're if you're out there, uh jump on the show next week, have
8: you on. You can tell us all about it, sure. Yeah, okay. Can cool. you imagine if this actually grows from him and his friends to—I mean, not the whole country, but a good amount. That'll be insane. Um, but he also wrote, "Help me to create awareness about use internet against tracking, surveillance, and censorship living in dictatorship, which is still happening in in Cuba. So,
6: which is very sad." Wait a second—is he in the U.S.? Because if not, then I can't see how he would jump on the show
1: until he gets us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a good. Good point. Yeah, that's—I don't know. That's a very- um I don't think yeah, I don't think we've had anybody call it, like on the show from, from Cuba, right? Uh, I don't think we've had that yet.
8: Oh, uh, I don't think so. But that'll be cool. If Jose could hop on that, uh, maybe be... figure that
1: out as long as he you know stays safe, doesn't put himself in danger. Uh right. that would be super cool.
9: The the border um of Cuba on the water is allegedly i'm not saying anyone should do anything sketchy but it should theoretically be close enough to use a microwave antenna just saying that's true (laughs)
8: it's the next fundraise (laughs) microwave yeah um yeah but let's move on on the next article so uh, untraceable said if you can code check out bounties monero social and earn some cash so let's open the link and essentially, if you if you can code, go on Monero bounties, and uh, there's a lot of bounties for you. Um, the first one is Nostra client for Monero. There's big projects such as this one. There are smaller ones. You can get 7.4 uh, Moneros for this one. Um, then we have two fish addition to Monero, 0.8. So if you do have any skills and you do find something that you can help with, um, then please, please do. Even Cake Wallet, uh, I think. I think this is from Cake Wallet. Um, they need help and they'll pay you 1.7 an to do so. So if you have any skills, uh, go ahead and, um, and hop on. And also if you want to be the operation manager of cake labs, they are hiring, uh, and they wrote, this is a unique opportunity to help set the strategic direction of uh, the Wallet." So for more info, they wrote a whole post on Reddit about, um, the pay and what responsibilities you will have in, in, um, in the job.
1: Yeah, that, that looks like an amazing opportunity for somebody to really take a leadership role at CAKE. Uh, so yeah, definitely check that out, people. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people applying to that. Um, wow, so many things. Uh, what was the, 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 I'm sorry, Tony, the website before, <laughs> What what is it? What is the uh, URL for the bounties?
8: Oh, oh uh, it's called bounties.monero.social.
1: Yeah, I mean, here, just another example. We're seeing so much action right now in in Monero, in terms of community participation, it's it's getting hard to keep up with things. All these Kuno fundraisers, um, these bounties that are going up, it's it's actually hard to believe, right? I mean, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I didn't think we would be th- this far at this point, to be honest. So it's, just it's to, nice. just
9: to throw it out there for the average listener, people like myself who coding makes you want to claw your eyes out. Don't forget that these things are funded from someone somewhere. You can pledge, pledge your, your treasure or your time in a lot of these things. And it goes really, really far um, because the people who do all of this coding, they got to eat. And you would be amazed at how a couple hundred bucks in a in an envelope or something like that can really get a lot of these projects knocked out. So um, you can contribute to these bounties as well financially, or you can contribute your time to just make people that you know in your life aware that they even exist.
1: Yeah, <laughs> have, have, have we seen um, some successful bounties funded here? Have there been any any big ones?
9: Mm, Doug, you're yeah. averaging two for a week sure. on your
8: show right now. <laughs> uh, for sure, because this this website is actually pretty old. I think it's. Because I I I think I was on it last year or something. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, for yeah. Sure. I'm and, yeah. Curious how,
1: how it's been doing.
8: Uh, fantastic. All right, we'll we'll have
1: to keep we'll have to keep bringing that, that up throughout. Uh, Tony, keep bringing that one up in the future.
8: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because it has a lot of cool That's stuff. Awesome. And the thing is, yeah. uh, they also update the bounty as well. Uh, like the initial one uh, was increased by zero point one, then zero point zero three, then zero point zero three again. So it's really cool. Awesome. Um, now let's see. Someone donated. Zero point one Monero. Cool. So we're getting closer and closer to the six Monero goal for uh for Andreas. Uh okay, so now let's watch a video of of um US President Biden saying that he has been to every mass shooting. Do
9: something.
8: <laughs> so okay, so why am I showing this this video? <laughs> So according to Biden, he's been to every single mass shooting. He's also been there on the day of 9-11, I think the day of or the day after when it happened. Uh, And the comment section is kind of funny. Uh, I feel bad for him at this point. Uh, And he survived. What's his diagnosis? He's losing it. This guy pretends to be omniscient and omnipresent. He's been every single event. I wouldn't be surprised if the next thing he says is that he's been on a boat with Christopher Columbus discovering America. (laughs) What is uh, the
9: emotional oh, expression on his face right now? Can anybody tell me what that
8: expression yeah. is? <laughs> Diarrhea, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so he's
1: losing it. Change um, his diaper. You he's know those it. old
9: man muppets, <laughs> the like the grumpy guys up in the up in the balcony, and they're just talking a bunch of <laughs> shit. Like he looks like those old muppet guys. From does anybody know what I'm talking about?
4: Yes.
8: Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, I think he's running I, again. Uh, it's it's crazy, and if he if he somehow wins again, and this doesn't mean that you know I want this specific person to win or you know, uh, but if he, if he specifically wins again, it's crazy. I don't think he will. But there's just there's just no way that he wants it as yeah. a person. I mean,
1: there's just he's he's like it's cruel and like a cruel punishment. Yeah. It's like keeping he, this guy.
6: Position. If he wins if he wins it's clearly uh it's clearly the deep state because there's no way that he could win on his own
2: well do we yeah. really think that he won to begin with
8: Ooh, most definitely. likely I mean imagine he wins and then he makes this face not again don't get another show banned tux
4: yeah
6: let's he already got it banned because he criticized the vax earlier so it it's already been banned he can't uh <laughs> It's already going to be We're
1: going to lose this channel any, any day now, guys. Yeah, any day on. now. To
6: go to
2: Odyssey, everybody. <laughs> we
1: we got controversial things that we support here
8: on the show. <laughs> <laughs> we got to move to Spotify for the next episode. That might be better. Um, So now let's discuss uh, Liberland. So I'm going to... Tell you a quick description of Liberland, and then we're going to play this video of President Wit uh, Yedlitska. I think that's how you pronounce his name. We, we, ha- we had
1: them on the show, by the way. Uh, we met them in Prague at MoneroCon. Uh, one of the guys who helped start Liberland was on the show explaining it. Uh, I'm,
6: an, I'm an e-citizen of there,
1: Which is crazy. So
4: basically...
6: I'm an, uh, an e-citizen. They gave... they, they, they um, You pay for citizenship... And you get like an ID card and access to like some some actual citizen benefits that you you can't get otherwise. So awesome. I have like I have like an actual ID card from there and shit like that. So you're actually, a real yeah.
8: citizen to
6: Liberland. Yeah.
1: Tell tell us all about it. Tell, actually, give us give us the quick take since it, What what is Liberland?
6: Uh, Liberland is a uh re- the republic and it's between Serbia and Croatia in this little no man's land that. Uh, nobody wanted since like the 1990s and the breakup of uh, some, I think it was the Soviet, not Soviet Union. But like there was a big thing and they broke it up and mm-hmm. there's this piece of land that nobody wanted. They've actually started settling it, I think physically. They um, they crossed the border and I believe they're actually in the process of starting to build now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess, Tony, that's the story, right? That's because something yeah. happened, right? They've they've been attacked.
8: Yeah, so uh, let's actually play the video from uh, the president itself of Liberland um but that actually makes you a dual citizen that's pretty cool that <laughs> um cool. so let's play this video it's like one minute
10: dear liberlanders and free citizens of the world liberland is facing unprecedented attack by croatian authority yesterday a group of croatian policemen and people from the forestry came and confiscated all personal property on territory of liberland they have also brutally destroyed all our buildings including the building for Liberland security We are calling on international community as well as on Croatian politicians and Croatian institutions to stop this madness. It is an unnecessary, unprovoked act of violence against our peaceful nation, against our borders and against our sovereignty. We hope this is the last incident in our long-lasting relations. And we are announcing the construction of hotel, new marina project, as well as a huge adventure park in the center of Liberland. We were expecting this. But we didn't expect that you guys are coming without any paperwork, and that you are coming in such a brutal manner. Let's look into bright future together, Croatia and Liberland, and let's build a better future together. Thank you very much, and I'm looking forward to host you in Liberland soon.
8: That's crazy. <laughs> that's that's insane. Uh, the Croatian, I guess, government just sent police uh, to attack Liberland, which peaceful nation. Like they haven't done anything other than promoting liberty, and um, yeah, so. It's insane. (laughs) I hope it's not gonna happen again. But if it does, Liberland might need to become Gunland to protect to protect itself from uh, from them.
9: You know that meme about like, oh, if you don't like it, start your own social media. If you don't like it, start your own bank. If you don't like it, start your own country.
8: Country, yeah. And then if you don't like,
9: and it's like the 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 farther you follow this chain of events. Down the more overt it gets, but the the real beauty of all of it is it uh, it eliminates that that sorry about that it eliminates the uh, ability to hide the actual intention of the authoritarian
1: right. I reached yeah. out to the guy we interviewed at Uh Maybe we'll get him to jump on at some point. Yeah, that'll be
8: awesome if you can, especially after what happened. Um, it'll be cool to get more information from from him. But if anybody from the official government of Croatia is watching this video. Stop attacking attacking Liberland and leave them alone. If uh, they need yeah.
6: to, they can always 3D print some guns.
8: Yeah, they can and they, they probably should. Um, okay, so now let's get into a different topic. So this is facial recognition to board a plane in Houston. Um, I'm not going to play the whole, whole video. Uh, but essentially um, let's play the video this part so essentially you scan your face and then you are ready to go and i've done those stuff before because they have it all over germany in all the airports Mm -hmm. and um, you scan your passport in my case and then also your face and then you're good to go Uh, which is very crazy (laughs) honestly and you can bypass it because you have to you have to scan your passport and then you have to go for that as well if you want to go board your plane so you have to do it you can't just you know um bypass it so it's very (laughs) unfortunate
6: isn't there already a thing for facial recognition called like Clear or something in airports? Is that what this is, or is this something different? I think it's called Clear.
1: Yeah, there's Clear. There's a couple of there's. I think there's two of them. I don't know what this one is, but yeah. it's, it's it's coming. It's coming to an air. You know, an airport country near you. It's it's everywhere. It's global. It's happening. It's,
8: they're normalizing it. I've been to three airports in Germany: Berlin, Munich, Frankfurt, and they all have it. So I think it's all oh, over yeah. Germany at least. Uh,
2: on my way to Mexico, they, they did that I'm on one of the Delta. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, in the US.
8: You should have put an
6: anonymous mask. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: now, I, the- I I mean, I would have tried to refuse, but it happened so quickly. I didn't have a chance.
6: Now, the dumb thing is, is that at least with Clear, you have to pay a subscription fee to be part of Clear. So not only do you get your face scanned, but you get the permission to give them freaking I think it's like 50 or 100 bucks a year to have this service that lets you get through lines faster
1: yeah so well, it's, it's like anything else right crazy. it's they they sell it as more convenient and you inevitably lose like privacy
6: yes
2: a quick pass thing whatever that's called right yeah, that's what he's talking about yeah exactly oh that's what he's talking about okay
8: yeah there's different versions of that clear is one of them uh it's yeah at least if it wasn't forced i mean that's bad still but at least if you weren't for it like if you really wanted to you can pay but if you don't want to be part of it that's okay but in germany i think you just i don't think you can get past i may be wrong but i think you can get past through it unless you show your face so yeah uh, it's um it's very unfortunate now let's play this video as well and then it's, it's kind of funny so uh, it's just 30 seconds
2: you're still wearing your engagement ring huh yeah yeah i'm i am gonna give
5: it back did you want it now? I
9: mean, I... I to you. <laughs> no,
8: no, I'm not gonna keep it. Thank you. That's a Bitcoin. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I'm not sure if this is true, like this. but imagine like if he said, "Thank you, that's 150 Monero right there." Right, <laughs> instead, right. it's a Bitcoin, but I'm not sure if this is actually true. If if this is actually true, that's that's pretty badass, honestly. Even if it, he he said Bitcoin instead of uh, Monero, that's still pretty badass. We're get, we're getting there. We're getting there slowly. Um, so, 95% of the NFT market, as we all know, is now worthless. New report shows, um, and it just—it's just very sad that so much money, like millions, tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars, went into these NFTs, which they could have been into into Monero instead. Not—not not that NFT is a bad thing, but people turn NFTs into apes and monkeys and bananas and all all this stuff. Which have no inherent value, instead of you know being redirected to something like Monero. So yeah, and if 95% of them are now worthless, which is not shocking. I am not no surprised return. at all. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Luckily, I don't own any. Now, even more depressing, uh, in, the, <laughs> in the 48 hours since U.S. debt has increased by 47 billion dollars. That's one billion in new debt every hour. So every single hour that passes, the U.S. adds. A billion more dollars to the debt which is crazy it's a lot um so we we are adding, adding trillions in no time um for those keeping tabs the u.s added one trillion in debt in three months so yeah i guess every three months you get one more trillion added to the debt which is
6: a lot of money it's
8: a lot of money um just can't even fathom
6: now if you if a state secedes from the united states like new hampshire and texas really want to the if they do so and they succeed they are not responsible for the u.s debt because there's something in international law that says that uh, a, a place that secedes from a, a bigger place is not responsible for that larger place's debt what if all states do, i mean if you can, what if all states do that <laughs> then i guess the only person responsible or the only entity responsible for the debt would be dc itself because when they say the united states right. like they're really talking about dc uh mm-hmm. when they talk about the united states of america they're talking about all 50 states but if mm-hmm. the United States debt is 50 or whatever trillion dollars, then that would mean that DC is responsible for paying it only.
9: When when you take out collateral with a US debt bond, it's actually classified as a corporate bond. Uh, they they pretend to be a sovereign bond, but it is actually a corporate bond that's, that's done in DC. So it's, I mean, they, they openly admit that it's not
8: a sovereign bond when you use it for collateral. Hmm yeah but it's such a such a large amount of money i think apple is just worth two trillion and it actually makes up about one third of the average taxpayers uh
9: hourly income
8: Hmm. yeah that's
9: that's a that's a large amount of money i think uh, and i mean the rate of increase like for every hour you work a third of it is fresh debt it's not even the interest it's just the new debt that's such that's
8: a large amount um but we'll, we'll this, be venezuela soon yeah exactly. uh, <laughs> that would really be very bad um but essentially um the monetary and fiscal policy of the us in one sentence they printed eight trillion gave you 1400 per month and sent the rest to their friends and left you with inflation <laughs> and someone said we and we had to pay back the 1400 come taxes which is the biggest mm-hmm. damn
1: scam yeah the inflation is just
8: astronomical was, but it was well orchestrated um so the last three things that i'm gonna bring up for this week's uh news is um some cbdc news the first is on uh, kazakhstan so they established a regulatory agency to implement cbdc so the national bank of kazakhstan nbk has established a separate entity to themselves to lead the development and implementation of the country's cbdc the digital uh, tench According to an official statement on September 15th, the National Payment Corporation NPC is a reorganization of the Kazakhstan Center of Inner Bag Settlements. And essentially, the NPC will be also be responsible for the development of digital financial infrastructure, including the implementation of the digital tenge. And um, they have a launch deadline set for 2025. So a lot of countries have this 2025 deadline for their CBDCs. Kazakhstan is one of them, they actually work with um, with Binance as well. And meanwhile in the US, it's kind of interesting the turn that we are um, having currently, the US anti-CBDC bill moves a step closer to passing. So the CBDC Anti-Surveillance State Act aimed at preventing a federal reserve from issuing a central bank digital currency has passed the House Financial Services Committee. The CBDC Anti-Surveillance State Act aimed at preventing unelected bureaucrats in Washington from issuing a, a CBDC has taken one step further on its procedural journey after it passed the house financial um, services committee and last week we talked about tom emmer we talked about in the past um, about jeff k uh, but essentially emmer said that american values american values this is what the future global digital economy needs if not open permissionless and private just like cash or monero <laughs> A CBDC is nothing more than CCP, which is the Chinese Communist Party self-surveillance tool that we can that can be weaponized to oppress the American way of life, and of course that it's going to uh, to be used in in such ways. And um, Emmer and 49 original co-sponsors reintroduced the CBDC Anti-Surveillance State Act, and also Emmer stressed that the bill has already gained the support of 60 member of co- members of Congress, which is a good amount. 60 is a good, good amount of people, so. But uh, it's not just Tom Emmer's and um, Jeff Kaye and then uh, uh, Robert, i right. yeah. uh, thought about something else um, that are supporting this. Uh, there's 60 other members as well and maybe even even more. Um, so, yeah, it's it's um, it's very good to hear. And now redefining money, America's digital currency dilemma uh, as the U.S. House uh, United States House Financial Services Committee looks to further impede the introduction of the digital dollar. Where does this resistance to a CBDC stem from? Um, they talked about DeSantis, uh, Kennedy, them running for presidency, and how a CBDC will never happen under their administration, and that uh, they don't want it. And that um, on Wednesday, September 20th, which is just a couple of days ago, the United States House uh, Financial Services Committee marked up two bills to curb the issuance of a CBDC. One of the bills would stop the Federal Reserve, from running any test programs on CBDCs without congressional approval. So they would need approval to run any more tests while the other would stop federal banks from using CBDCs for some services and products. And um, they discussed that, and as we all know, and we discussed in the past, more than 130 countries were at some stage of research into into CBDCs. So a lot of countries want CBDCs. Uh, Eight had rejected the idea, right? Um, and the US kind of battling between wanting CBDCs not wanting CBDCs at a very high level um, so yeah CBDC would mean that the Federal Reserve would effectively oversee all the bank transfers in the country as there will be an alternative and importantly and having everything under one roof means one mistake or failure would affect everyone rather than be limited to one bank for instance so it would be a huge huge change and then one more thing President Joseph Biden of course Said his administration would place the highest urgency on research and development efforts into the potential design and deployment options of a United States CBDC. So,
2: got a big yeah. war going on.
8: We,
1: can't, we can count on Biden. <laughs>
8: yeah. And, um, and they talk about privacy, right? Yeah, they talk about privacy and um, they talk about Project Hamilton and um which is from federal reserves and they studied it it studied the viability of a cbdc and uh, how it got to process 1.7 million transactions per second light years ahead of the bitcoin blockchain and quicker even than visa which can deal about 65 transactions per second but even if you have a lot of transactions per second that it's hard to have high transaction amount decentralization and privacy and all this stuff so they just have a lot of transactions per second it's not decentralized. It's centralized. And you also don't have privacy. So, of course, like other projects in the crypto space, you can have 10 billion transactions per second and uh, not have the other important uh, factors. And, but, yeah.
1: And I, I guess the article's concluding that, uh, you know, CBDC development in the U.S. does seem to have stymied. given. Yes, it did. Yeah, boom. it did mention that. Yeah, it did. So... Yeah, that's, that's good news, right?
4: Uh, for whatever <laughs> reason, crazy.
1: people... Are- people are waking up to that which is which is great it's good and it's, it's ultimately good for for digital cash for monero right it's opening up people's eyes to this need for for true digital cash people are realizing the importance of that that's why what
9: if, or, or you can open up an account at npc bank in Kazakhstan. <laughs> it's literally called npc like
8: it's,
9: it's could they be a more living meme of the absolute absurdity of clown world right now national payment corporation
8: yeah yeah but it's what if we, we are not gonna have a cbdc in the us and then we're gonna have the digital euro that's gonna be crazy because there's such two big entities uh so it's gonna be interesting if we're not gonna have CBDCs, that's awesome
1: yeah. And, uh, yeah, we shall see. I'm sure we'll, we will have them. We will have them eventually here in the US They'll be, because they're going to have to compete. Like you said, they're going to have to compete with, with other countries here that are that are trying to create something.
9: I'm going to be quick because I really want to hear from Spackle, but yeah,
4: let's get I spackle. would point
9: out that actually not adopting a CBDC and also having a history of being a reserve currency would put the US in a way better position for competing with the world, not the other way around. Um, and I'd like to also point out that all these people that got this, these ill gotten gains from their connections to like Raytheon and Blackwater and all that other stuff, they're like terrified that all of their money is going to be on chain and they're going to be able to shut these people down. Most of the people that are fighting against the CBDC, it's probably because it would be so easy for them to be compromised if their money was no longer secure. And Even, all we really need to do is send them a Monero pamphlet and be like, bro, your <laughs> ill-gotten gains are safe with us, man. Don't worry about it.
6: The government has to have somewhere to launder their money. Um, black budgets and stuff like that can't exist without uh, some sort of privacy. And therefore, um, there's got to be some way of keeping money private, and a CBDC wouldn't allow it.
1: We shall see. Spackle, are you there?
6: Yeah. Hello,
11: everyone. Is my audio okay? Yeah, it's great. Fantastic. Perfect, perfect. So um yeah, I know you got a introduction to the scripts I wrote earlier. Um if you want to spend the last couple minutes just kind of typing out bullet points if you want, I can just kind of dive into what I was thinking, hopefully explain it in a little more detail.
1: Yeah, please do.
11: Okay. So um yeah, for, first point, pocket change is great. Like uh, especially after the update that they pushed a month ago. Uh, from the moment I saw it, I really liked the idea, you know, it, it got me thinking about how you can approach mitigating the 10 block lock and, you know, maybe how you could do things differently with different trade-offs, you know, either give people a little bit of insight or just some easily adapted, maybe do it themselves. So along those lines, we're just kind of kind of take a moment to look or, you know, consider what makes transactions stand out. And we're going to do this with, you know, maximum paranoia because, you know, these, these criticisms, I think pocket change is fine, you know, for, especially if you're going to a conference, just using it, but um, you know, people, they, they really were, Throwing around ideas about how you could approach this with maximum paranoia, yeah. <laughs> so, just a uh, general thoughts. You know, no matter how well Pocket Change codes their approach, there are some limits to having this feature integrated into their mobile wallet, right? Um, the the way that it works, my, my understanding from when I used it, is it's layering these additional transactions on top of transactions that the user themselves is making, fund or refund or or use uh, the system otherwise. And because of that, that means that the timing of pocket change transactions have to match the user's actual activity. So, you know, you can get into timing analysis, some of the rest of it. It's just a, a thought there. Um, the other big comment is that, uh, you know, multiple outputs are somewhat uncommon or comparatively uncommon. You know, this isn't an absolute issue. And it's it's sort of unavoidable if you're, again, if you're trying to match the user's activity, you're at some point going to have to say, OK, well, we're going to get, you know, these six outputs available to spend. We're going to need some out- some availability there. So they're, they're, they're kind of, the, the approach is confined to that. Um, now, I have solutions for that, but the approach that I took is extremely inconvenient. I don't really expect that most people are going to use this. Most people are not going to run an RPC wallet and Python scripts. And there's other uh, disadvantages I, I'll go into, uh, I suppose. But um, the whole idea is, in you know, take a different approach that let's say, quote unquote, would allow you to become the decoy, right? Like Monero has this decoy selection algorithm. And the ideal user behavior is essentially to just be a decoy amongst all the others, indistinguishable. And that's the bottom line. So in order to do that, we have this script. And what it does is, like you say, the intention is you start it with a wallet that has a single output in it. And what it's going to do is it's going to send a split transaction. It's going to half that uh, balance. And it's going to do that recursively, so a couple of times. First, it takes your initial balance, and then it'll split it out into two. So you'll have two, two outputs that are one-half the original. And then it's going to time those differently. So then you get down to a quarter, eight, whatever. Um, and uh, this is a good advantage because you're never getting away from the one-in, two-out transaction structure. And that is extremely common. You know, I, I would say, I guess I haven't done a hard analysis on it, but I would say that is by far the most common type of transaction. If you go to xmrchain.net and you just take a glance at what is being sent over the network, my bet is you're going to see mostly one in, two out, maybe a lot of two in, two out, but it's going to be there. So you're, you're getting that most common type of transaction. And um, and additionally, you're because it's timing all of these transactions differently, each of these splits is... Um, randomly timed according to the decoy selection algorithm. And it does that to a depth of three days. So obviously, you know, the Monero chain itself, it'll select decoys that are much older, you know, months, years, whatever, fairly infrequently. But if you look at, you know, the statistics of, or, you know, what we would expect to cover Uh, you know, the majority of the decoys, you're going to get them within the last three days. Uh, I think it's 50% within two days would be what the the distribution indicates, and 60% within three days. So just kind of targeting, well, let's try to get the most of that distribution while having the wait period be reasonably short. I just said, okay, give it a three-day window. Uh, The bottom line idea is that if you get all this set up, you get... You know your rpc wallet going you're running the script you do is you you set that up let's say you're going to monerotopia it's a week set it up the weekend before you're leaving and over the course of that week this script is going to slowly split through the most common transaction type that's available with uh timing that is going to match decoy selection exactly except again it's got that maximum of three days um then at the end of that period you're going to have a set of outputs that i'm going to say are very difficult to trace back to your original, or to associate to each other in, in any way, shape, or form, in in a meaningful way. So, hopefully, that's clear. Um, that's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it, it's sort of a bizarre approach. I, I'm more than willing to admit it. And uh, just to keep on again, uh, the the disadvantages of this. Again, you you have this script that is live with your RPC wallet. You know, this is a hot wallet that is being controlled by a script for like a week maybe longer, maybe shorter, whatever you wanna do. And that I can imagine, I would expect, would make a lot of people uncomfortable. It's not a perfect approach, but it's just, again, if we're going to approach the issue of how to mitigate the 10 block lock with absolute maximum paranoia, this leaves uh, an on-chain footprint that I I think blends in, well, as well as I could think of how to do it at least for the the level that i looked into writing this um these are you know i i very frequently say in pretty much everything that i write around monero it's uh i'm a monero hobbyist so you know i I wrote these you know on the weekend essentially uh so it's not a uh, an intense research project by by any means but um you know there there's other they you know um having mentioned the disadvantages had mentioned the complexity like i, I don't really think a lot of people get hands on it um What there is is, you know, there's a certain compactness. Each of these scripts, if you go and look at it, it's about 60 lines of Python, give or take. And so if you're looking at pocket change and you have an idea thinking, oh, well, you know, instead of splitting out into 16 outputs that are all the exact same balance, um, maybe we want some balances to be larger, some to be smaller so that you don't have to spend from multiple. Well, because you can just go to the script and it's 60 lines, I think reasonably well understood. I tried to comment it very thoroughly. If you want to make a change or you want to customize it or try something else out just as a, a thought experiment or explore you know how um, how this could be done differently uh, it should be pretty easy uh, it should be uh, well at least as easy as I know how to make it right you can go in change the logic play with it um, that's sort of the idea so
1: uh, Very cool that so you uh, you took this on are there other projects you've worked you've worked on in, in Monero uh, I mean nothing
11: where I would consider it a, a serious contribution uh, if you go to my github uh, alongside this um, I suppose the one big thing that I would Hint or uh, point people to is uh, I did a dynamic block demonstration. Uh, I, I really don't think that uh, people have a generally uh, high quality understanding of the scaling algorithm that Monero uses. a yeah. uh, Very similar thing where it's uh, written up in Python. Um, Arctic Mine actually published a, a scaling document, and so I just took that, matched the notation exactly, and um, wrote this script uh, it, that um, very quickly can simulate, you know, however many blocks you want to explore. Um, and we'll generate animations off of that so if you want to see hey let's say uh, monero has 10 times the transaction volume show up in the course of two days how will it respond to that how do fees respond Does the penalty look across different blocks um what might the transaction like that it can graph all of that out and um yeah hopefully that would help people understand so that was uh mm. that i think yeah. is is That's useful all.
1: i know a question that oh yeah that always gets asked like like so if 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 the Monero network had as many transactions right now as the Bitcoin network, what what would things look like in terms of fees and whatnot? Any uh, any insight there from from what you built?
11: Certainly, um, I mean, I'd be inclined. I don't know if anybody. Uh... I don't know that I have the inclination to present this myself, but uh, I, I, by the way, I posted this on Reddit along with a, a write-up quite some time ago, but mm-hmm. I have an animation for you know exactly what I said, 10 times the uh, transaction volume increase in two days. Um, maybe I can just set this here in the chat so that you can take a look at it and show it if you so choose.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We, we could have you come on another time too, if you ever want to demo it or something. Alaska, Aino, do you have uh, more follow-up questions? Uh, well, what presented.
9: well, I had kind of a thought experiment that I think would be really interesting to hear some people comment on. But if you combine the latest changes in the in the signal code for like quantum resistance and efficiency and the strengthening of both sides of encryption at the same time, and then what Spackle's doing here as opposed to what Mineruyo did, because Mineruyo, they, they, you know, they have control over their wallet, right? And they're trying to solve problems at the wallet level, but it sounds to me like you could integrate this at the mining and the transaction level. And the thing is, is it would, it, would, it would further anonymize transactions to a point where the kind of work that would be required to reverse engineer transactions would be absolutely mind boggling. And you wouldn't know if the transaction you're reverse engineering is even going to be of any value to you. So you might be looking for some criminal and then you find out Doug bought some eggs, right? Or you might be looking for some, um, and and what really interests me about all of this together is uh, we're at a crossroads where between Seraphis and signal and what, you know, the things that as an example, what Spackle is working on here, where if you integrate all of these, all of these upgrades together, the engineering minds of Monero are rapidly outpacing tyranny. Beautiful
6: now. And I, and I, um, I could ask Speckle what I asked earlier. Sure, Speckle, go ahead. I think you, you had a response.
11: Well, so, uh, sorry, I don't know if you want to go to the question, if you want to talk about dynamic blocks, I never totally finished answering. Like, you know, you asked, uh, if Manero had Bitcoin's transaction volume, what maybe oh, that could look yeah. like or, or that sorry, sort of sorry. thing. Um,
1: sorry to jump around there. Go ahead.
11: No, no, I happy, happy to do whatever. But, um, the real bottom line of the dynamic scaling algorithm that I think I don't know maybe it's the most helpful to understand is let's say somebody right now immediately starts spamming the network with transactions that pay nothing but the minimum fee um if you know you have this massive volume you're not really going to expect to see the block size increase significantly because those minimum fees are not sufficient to overcome the penalty that is you know imposed for expanding the block size. so you may you know let's let's Pretend that Monero is going into the circumstance where a bunch of new users are coming in, but they're still paying minimum fees. You're not immediately going to see the block size respond to that, at least not in a dramatic way. There's some details about, you know, there's a grace zone that I think is maybe half of the standard transaction. So a kilobyte above it um, that maybe that would adjust the short term median. I I haven't looked into that. It's it's, that's more of a a smaller detail. And at least you won't see dramatic effects out of that. But let's say, you know, day one, a bunch of people show up and you start getting congestion. Day two, you're still having a massive transaction volume that isn't processed by the three kilobyte block size, But now people are willing to pay higher fees. Well, the blocks are going to expand in response to that. And you're going to go through this process where you're fighting the short-term median. Right? If you listen to Arctic Money, he always talks about short-term and long-term median. And then there's some further, uh, further things about that um, in terms of yeah, how, how it's uh, analyzed. But you're, you're fighting the short-term median that's going to be moved up. And the amount that it moves up, the speed that it moves up is dependent entirely on how much extra fees people are willing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking at the animation that I sent you that, that gif that I posted in the chat, what you're seeing is what's defined in Arctic Mind scaling document as medium fees. So again, not your absolutely insane maximum or anything like that, but medium. And so you get that response to the block size. that, uh, you know, uh, bottom line in the course of, you know, two days it will accommodate for a 10 times increase in the transaction volume. Now, while the block size is expanding, we need those higher fees in order to justify expanding the block. But once the block has expanded, um, let's say you know, you have 10 times the users show up and we've now expanded the block. Um, and now there's no longer a need to expand it any further. You know, you clear out the mempool, the congestion clears, and now we're in this place where the, you know, the short-term median has increased to this new value you don't need to continue paying all of those high fees to continue the network at that new block size. So if you look at, you know, the bottom left, then you'll see total fees per block, right? You have to pay quite a bit while you're expanding the block size, but once it's expanded, once it's at the new volume, it falls right back down to, uh, to where it was before. And, you know, there, there's a few other notes. I, uh, I'm trying to resist the urge to ramble too much, but you may have heard Arctic Mind mention that the fees actually get cheaper whenever the blocks get really large. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's a function of the long term median. So you're not gonna see that immediately. That's gonna happen in, you know, the long term median is of a one hundred thousand block window, so the medium, assuming, you know, this sort of instantaneous step function uh of uh transaction input you're going to see that about two months later where it goes down but essentially yeah you expand the blocks and then you get right back to business as normal you can pay your minimum fees your transaction will go in the block and uh because you're not trying to expand the blocks you're not worried about fighting a penalty and it'll just chug along so hopefully that's uh an easy bottom line um again uh you know congestion shows up if people are willing to pay uh, then those higher fees will allow you to expand the block to the new size. It'll clear congestion, and then people can get back to paying their minimums, and it can process, you know, one megabyte blocks, um, you know, with the exact same exact same fee structure that it is today. So that's uh, that's true across different metrics. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll, uh, I'll avoid rambling too much on it, but no, this is sort of this, the, this yeah. is
1: great. I mean, uh, I think we need to have you on a Monero talk or something, man. You you have you have a lot to share. Uh, I know we're jumping around because you we were originally talking about your other project, but yeah, this is um this is very interesting. So basically you're saying uh Monero Monero blockchain can easily handle a, a 10x increase essentially overnight.
11: Yeah, I mean right now the <laughs> yes, yes, that's the bottom. It can handle um much more than that. As a matter of fact, uh well it's whatever. I don't know if you want to do, you know, dynamic block trivia out. Mm-hmm. So my favorite statistics is that Essentially, if you drive this system, if you drive the scaling algorithm as hard as possible, um, then, well, I, I suppose maybe I'll just pose it as a question. How much do you think you could increase the block size in the course of 12 hours, right? So you're fighting the short-term median. That's what's going to happen. And, and what's going to limit you sort of, yeah, in the long-term or in other maximum is, uh, is the long-term medium primarily and uh, median, excuse me. And so uh, essentially, if you drive it as hard as possible, it's going to take 12 hours to hit that limit. And what do you think that limit is? You know, right now we're averaging 50 kilobyte blocks. The default for what Monero will allow without any concern for congestion is 300 kilobytes. What do you think? We- hmm, I don't know. Jeopardy music? No. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, it'll seven, hit, 750. It'll, it'll hit 30 megabytes. So um, it wow. is entirely possible that you could go to sleep tonight. And, you know, as long as you're not checking the Monero network every single hour, you wake up tomorrow, maybe spend an hour or two, and uh, Monero could then be processing 30 megabyte blocks. Now, that is un almost absurd scenario in terms of the fees that would have to be paid. We're really talking about sort of the academic exercise of stretching the system far as you possibly can, but Mm -hmm. that, uh, yeah, that's, um, that's sort of a a good, I
9: just want to throw it out there while we're talking here to ground it into what people generally experience. I mean, you're maxing out at like a a 0.02 XMR fee in the most ridiculous of circumstances, maybe like point two or point zero two five or whatever. Well at today's prices that would mean that somebody is paying like two dollars and fifty cents US in order to push a transaction through at you know not that much faster. I mean we're talking you know minutes or whatever. Um and in real terms, we've already seen far more popular cryptos go way, way beyond that. And then this network automatically clears. Monero automatically adjusts to clear these transactions. So in the most like dire, horrible, nightmarish of circumstances, there's one guy out there spending millions and millions of dollars to slow down a guy's coffee transaction. You know, it's like... These kind of attacks are so outside of the purview of a realistic scenario. And even if they are, you've offered a minor inconvenience and everybody holding XMR also just or everybody mining XMR just got a huge uh, a huge payday in the process. Yeah, and even going
11: further off of that, now you have a huge incentive. Um, a nice thing about you know RandomX and the rest of it is everybody has mining hardware available. So anybody out there with a uh, powerful computer, all of a sudden, would flood into the network, you know, potentially, and uh, you would get a, a wave of new users even off of that. Uh, again, very academic, somewhat absurd uh, scenario. That's it's, it's interesting to think about. That's for sure.
6: Awesome, spackle. Point, Thank point you. Point zero point zero two yeah. five would be uh, would be three dollars and fifty eight cents. Now, I did have a question though. Go for it. So, um, I asked this a little bit earlier, but you weren't around Spackle. Now, my question is why would I use this o- these scripts over something like using Cake Wallet and having a template set up where I split like one Monero transaction output into 10 0.1 Monero transaction outputs in one block? I know that you said it wasn't a common one in 10 out. You said that comp- the super common one was one in two out. But would I re-risking my privacy by doing, say, a one in, ten out?
11: So I want to be very careful here because I'm not a Monero researcher. I'm a Monero hobbyist. But just speaking logically, so if you have this one transaction and you've got these ten outputs and they're all from this one transaction, and you then go to, you know, again, Monerotopia, whatever your event of choice, you go around that event and people will see over the course of that one evening each of those outputs being referenced as you spend them one at a time. Right so it is this sort of very highly correlated behavior, and especially you know it, there, there's a lot to game out there. What, what if you do this one to ten transaction two years ago uh, and, and then you're going to an event now? It is extremely uncommon for an output a specific like set of outputs from a 2 year old transaction to be referenced over and over again in decoys um, for you know a single evening, so you're, you're creating this very particular setup that I would say is in some ways open to um, whether I, again, maximum carefulness, uh, I, I hope nobody listening to this is just gnashing their teeth at me. But um, that that's sort of logically the way that I imagine that perspective. And, you know, he's, to- he's
9: right, by the way, he's not, I also came to this conclusion. And so did another guy that that kind of digs into the math of all of this stuff. The real solution is to not do it at the wallet level. Like the wallet level can add all kinds of convenience and people who aren't like super uber paranoid, it can really help with the 10, you know, the 10 block lock and all of that stuff. But like the, the solutions offered at the wallet level really need to be applied across the whole chain in a similar fashion like he's talking about to eliminate the chances that your privacy might be damaged in all of this. it. It's, it all checks out what he's saying that when you, when you create these bizarre one-off transactions. Now, people who are using Monero frequently aren't gonna have the, what he's describing here, where you have like the, the split and then you use all of those splits like a year later or two years later. But the thing is, is when you create that opportunity um, people who are less advanced users and are only using it when the opportunity presents itself may be inadvertently compromising their privacy.
11: Yeah, and, Body, uh, I, or, yeah, is I
1: asking if, uh, Rucknium weighed in on this. Do you, do you know if he's, uh, commented on, on what you proposed?
11: Yeah. So I, um, am in the, uh, you know, matrix element, what what have you. Uh, I know he at least had a look at it and said, very interesting. Uh, he's commented that uh, it seemed like using the decoy selection to time the transactions uh, that I did seemed like the, uh, a, a justified approach, Phil. So I don't think he looked into it super deeply, but at the very least, a quick pass. He said it was interesting, so I'll, I'll leave it there. I definitely don't want to put words in his mouth, but um, I, I suppose if I can, just to try to summarize the earlier question, you know, why would you use the scripts that I wrote over uh, feature in CakeWallet? I would say almost certainly that you wouldn't. I would say that the convenience that is offered by CakeWallet, by Pocket PocketChange and these are these are tremendous advantages in terms of the, the way that they're used. Again, you know, what, what I'm talking about is you're running a script for a week, the you know, before an event, hot wallet the whole time. At the end of that process, you're going to have this set of outputs that I believe are very loosely linked. But I don't think most people are interested in doing that. Now, a lot of the objections that we're trying to address here in terms of timing analysis or not structuring outputs in a way that you know stands out in any way, shape or form, these are mostly academic. And i I don't think that someone going to a conference who's trying to you know buy a coffee get another drink get get some food whatever it is I, I don't think that they need to worry about it at all I think that pocket change and whatever solutions cake has which I'm, I'm not familiar with whatever solutions they have are, are totally usable totally uh, totally viable um, it's just you know I you go into this exercise with the With the approach of maximum paranoia and just maybe as a thought experiment maybe just to think about generally you know how could you approach this differently so that the on-train footprint of whatever you're leaving is as indistinguishable as possible and there are massive sacrifices that at least the way that i could conceive of the problem that you have to make so
4: uh,
9: i do have one minor discrepancy here with spackle though the the person who is purchasing a coffee is supposed to be added to the anonymity set of somebody fleeing a corrupt police state and when and when you have less uniformity across all of the normies you know uh you know buying their their eggs as we talked about earlier or something, you're not adding to the anonymity set of somebody who is trying to buy a boat you know off of the coast of Cuba or something like that it's adding uniformity. Because uh, there, there's not a whole lot of places to buy something with Monero in Cuba or to earn your money if for, in Monero in Cuba. So somebody might donate like two XMR to you. Right. And then you go to spend that to get off the island and head to Florida or whatever. Well, the problem is, is you've now created a timestamp transaction. You've now created, you know, a split of the values in the wallet. And not only that, but the output that was split came from a person in Florida. Well, you probably wouldn't know they were in Florida if you had, you know, even like advanced government tech. But the point is, is this donation emerges and then a year later, that same output is spent in split and it matches the cost of a boat ride off of the coast of Cuba. Like we really need to think about everyone adding to the anonymity set of the person that we're really doing this to try to protect. And that's why I say, yeah, it might not matter for the user and it might be advantageous to have it at the wallet level so you can, you know, like defeat the 10 block limit or whatever. But at the mega paranoia level, which I live all day every day because that's who I am, right? We need to really think about there are people who are depending on the average Monero user to be adding, adding to their anonymity set and making it ever more difficult to use the amount being spent to get somebody in trouble. Sure, if I can uh,
11: just throw a a response to that. Um, For sure. I mean, you can look at it uh, as... The approach has sacrifices, pocket change, all the rest of it. uh, It's it's open to analysis. Again, it's still not deterministic. You can look at these things and say with an extremely high probability it's not deterministic. That's probably the weaker argument. The the stronger one would be uh, that there are many features within the Monero ecosystem that have sacrifices in terms of the ways that decoys are handled and the rest. P2 pool has sacrifices. Having view keys at all. Has sacrifices. If somebody publishes a view key, there are consequences to that in terms of the absolute, absolute number of decoys. But proportionally to the system at large, that's, I would say, it, a lot of steps have been taken to address it. I can't imagine that pocket chains users are about to destroy Monero under any uh, any possible, uh, any possible even academic exercise. Not, um, that's not it. And while I'm very sympathetic to the mindset of pursuing perfection, um, that's not that's not necessarily the the, the implementation. Uh, I personally believe that Monero's privacy guarantees are extremely strong. You know, the the one criticism and really what we're talking about for most of these approaches is ring signatures and what those can at least hint at in terms of someone looking at the system. But, you know, uh, when you have the reference, you know, it's the, the anonymity set that we hear about so frequently it grows exponentially if you want to look at a transaction and go back one hop you got 16 options you want to go back before you know the transaction to that transaction it's 16 squared three levels deep 16 cubed right it's literally 16 to the x it is an exponential growth in the number of options that you could pursue as you're attempting to do an now. and whatever concerns you might have about somebody using a feature like pocket change um I'm going to say the impact is dramatically small, and maybe this is just a misdirected anxiety about uh, the Ring Signatures approach itself. Uh, I I think, you know, this is more of a Monero at uh, at large problem. I mean, certainly there are a million other things that we could list about the ways that people would consolidate or otherwise use their funds that may make them stand out, may make their decoys less viable. But there's plenty of allowance in the Monero core design for all of that variety of behavior and uh i have a strong confidence in it so i don't i'm not concerned about it in the same way that somebody else might be um again not perfect uh you know it's uh maybe one thing to wish for it but few keys p2 pool there's there's a set of things that we that have been balanced uh, i think very thoughtfully and um you know as we as we go into the future ideally you know Funnily enough, you know, we already have Seraphis. We have all these grand plans. Everything that I've talked about, these little scripts that I wrote, they should be absolutely meaningless in a couple of years. Right. So um, I I don't know, perhaps poorly expressed. uh, Again, sympathetic to the mindset, but um, that that would be sort of my take on on those
9: thoughts. Well, pocket change also improves the X part. You know, it increases the number of transactions. So overall, I would say it definitely helps, you know. It's just the idea of implementing what you're describing at a lower level could really improve its function, its use, and also just people don't even have to think about it. It's just already built in.
1: Speckle, what, what, what do you think, man? I mean, you kind of hit at it there. Do you think, you know, two years from now, we're not even going to be talking about ring signatures anymore?
11: Um, we certainly won't be talking about it in the same way that we are today. I think a lot of it, again, there's, there's an anxiety that comes from hearing 16 and maybe not an exponential function based 16. Um, it's, that's that's a difference. But Seraphis, whether it ends up with 128 ring size, like the, the the amount of improvement that would come from that sort of proposal, it, it's so massive, it's difficult to describe, right? You go back three steps, and now you're over a million options. It's uh that's uh that that's extremely powerful um in its in its own right, and you see the conversations around full chain membership proofs, curve trees, and the rest of it. Um. Yeah, yeah, that's uh that that obviously will change the conversation. Now, I I want I suppose I should be more nervous about saying two years. Um, you know, maybe we're talking three or four, whatever it is. You know, people take take your time, look through it carefully. We got a good system that works. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think I think monero researchers we they I should say they have uh they have everything coming down the pipe to essentially yeah to to address this in a way that we don't need to bring our hands and obsess and and worry about it into the into the far future and potentially not even today though uh, i can understand people
1: awesome well exciting to have learned of you spackle that you're you're doing all this work um i know you you don't consider yourself as working on monero research but uh effectively I, i i think i think you are uh so thanks for your contributions Awesome to awesome to see that there's you know new people popping up all the time that are doing work on Monero. I don't know maybe maybe you've already been doing it for years, but uh, nice to meet you.
11: Yeah, likewise. High praise, high praise. I
1: appreciate it. Yeah. Well, that was that was great, guys. Another jam-packed show as usual. Um, yeah, this is fantastic. So we actually had Spackle that jumped up and talked about the proposal uh, that Comrade was presenting on. Super cool uh we had uh andres telling us about his fundraiser that he's doing down in in venezuela and i think i think tony did he did he meet the funding goal did he fund it all no not yet no Um,
5: Oh wait what's the page yeah
1: if, if not there, he's close. So that was exciting. 89%. Uh,
9: Some of us, our are, are cold storage wallets aren't near the computer. So that's that part of the problem. I only have what I have on phones.
1: All right. Well, we're rounding like two and a half hours over here. Anybody, anything, anybody wants to get out before I close it out? Any last thoughts? No, 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 no. All right. Guys, we do these shows every week, Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern. Anybody that wants to join us, jump on stage, or that wants to properly present something, be our special guest, please reach out to us in advance, and we'll, we'll have you be the special guest for the week. You know, if you just come up and talk about something, some monero related project you're working on, we uh, we want to always help get the word out. Spackleman, nice meeting you. Please, please join us again in the future. Alaska anon, and as always, short wave. Thanks for your continued contributions, Tony. Good job with the news this week, comrade. Thanks for uh, doing the dev reports. Hopefully, you'll keep that going. And Tux, man, thanks for running the show.
2: Yeah, thanks for coming on, guys. Great conversations today. And, and Body,
1: he's not up here. Thanks, man, for yep, price support as always and your contribution.
2: Hi, hi. <laughs>
4: Hello. Well, thanks, for? Alaska A9 Jr. <laughs> Where's Tony?
1: This one's Tony
4: right
9: here. And <laughs> that one's Doug. You know. Who
1: Com- <laughs> Comrade, you're, you're no longer the youngest guy on Panarotopia. Uh,
2: yeah. Yay.
5: Hi. Hey. <laughs> Hello.
2: <laughs>
9: you
1: got a programming yet, man?
5: Sorry, what's?
9: I think I think Chloe's got him doing some programming stuff right hey. now, but uh, I guess. Scratch. I think, yeah, she can she he can write stuff in Esperanto though, so that's a good. That's
1: thing.
5: a. Great- <laughs> Hi. Uh, right, are Hi. Are Thank you teaching him to use uh, microbits? What was that? Uh, is he using microbits or uh, what are you teaching on him?
9: Oh, well, right now he's just learning a bunch of different like spoken languages, but Esperanto is supposed to improve your coding of such a logical language. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know we maybe she hasn't stu- he has a language teacher. Um that she's got all of these books for like intro to coding for toddlers, but I don't think that he started it quite sure. yet. Sure.
5: Uh BBC and Microsoft made a uh PCB together. Uh it's oh yeah. yeah.
9: Yeah, I know yeah. He's got all kinds of uh like ARM-based single board computers to play with, so he's nice he should be good on it. Yeah. I in fact I had too many, so I started sending them out to <laughs> people <away. laughs>
1: All right, guys, we'll wrap it up there, and we could all we could all transition to to family time alongside Alaska Anon. All right, everybody, have a great weekend.
0: You too. Cheers. God bless. Thank you for joining us on this week's Moneratopia episode. We stream live shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube and Odyssey, or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or join us in the Monerotopia Telegram group.